I'll tell you what, man, it does not get any better than this Tony Bruno, Harry Mays, Sirius XM, the Dan Patrick Channel. I know him. The godfather of sports radio. These guys are the greatest tag team since the British Bulldogs. What do you think, Chaz? I think that's a really, really dated reference. That's what that is. Don't be a knucklehead, all right? If you're gonna do that, talk about Miss Robin, call her Miss Elizabeth, and you're George Animal Steel. Hey, Tony. This is the Tony Bruno Show. This is serious. And now here's Tony Bruno. Ah, welcome, kids. It is a Monday. It's the last week of April. And do you know where you're self-quarantining next week when it's May? Hello there, Tony Bruno, Harry Mays, the whole gang back together again on our draft recap show. Harry, are you uh, are you drafted out now? Or are you ready to regurgitate the draft for the next uh, six, seven, eight weeks until we can get back to something that, that resembles real sports? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hung over from the draft, to be honest with you. And now it's sort of a which it, draft beer were you drinking to get hung over? No, no draft know? beers at all. <laughs> no, but it's it's like now what? Like you've been waiting for the you know for the last first three weeks we've been on anticipating this draft. You know, Thursday night it gave you some entertainment, Friday and Saturday, and then, of course, yesterday just, you know, sort of hashing out how teams did and, you know, social media going crazy about this team or that team. And now sort of today feels like a little bit of a, a letdown. It you know is what I mean? a letdown, especially here in Philadelphia, yeah. which has become the epicenter of anger, angst, hatred, and suckathons, if you can have that. Yeah, the only guy in, in Pennsylvania that's happy about it is Governor Wolf. It takes the heat off it of him. It takes the yeah. heat off of him, yeah, for And a also day. in New Jersey. Right. They're Governor Murphy, even though, you know, New Jersey has the southern part of the state, which is primarily Eagle fans. It's like a Philly suburb. And, yeah. yeah, and the northern part of the state is all the New York fans. But that governor is taking a lot of heat, too, because people are waiting to figure out when they can go out. And now the people who are going out, and we did it on Saturday, Harry, what finally had enough. Oh, my God. And this is gorgeous. what's going to happen. Again, this isn't a political statement. This is the fact of the matter. Robin and I have not seen my grandson since he was born in January, premature, down in Maryland, mm-hmm. 2 pounds, 13 ounces. Robin and I were fortunate before the Super Bowl when we went to Miami, where we were all together. We had a chance to go down and see him the day after, but he was in ICU as a preemie. Mm-hmm. So we weren't allowed to really touch him or hold him, you know, because he right. was in an incubator. So we got to see him the day after he was born. And then since then, obviously, we haven't been able to go down there and look at him. So I said, enough is enough. So Robin and I had our mask. We had our gloves. We had our antiseptic. And we had gifts. She even knitted a little hat and some booties. Crocheted. Crochet. Crochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get those two confused. What's the difference between well, knitting which, and crochet? Which is the one with the big needles? That's knitting. With two That's needles knitting. is knitting. Okay. One crochet hook. is one needle. Oh, okay. Hook is the crochet. Gotcha. That's not the same needle you use to inject Lysol or Clorox into your veins. That's a totally different needle, Harry. And uh, we'll get into that later on. But so the bottom line is we take a drive. It's a beautiful day. And as you've seen all over the country, people are not going to sit in their home. I'm not saying go out and go on the beach and do crazy stuff. I'm saying you're in your car. And, by the way, you don't need to wear your mask when you're in your car. A lot of people do, though, I I noticed. know. Yeah. People are getting into accidents with their masks on. Is that right? Are they getting they, their eyesight? Or yeah. And there are people who have had a lot of accidents I was reading over yeah, the weekend. Because when you put a mask on, if you wear glasses, yeah. it fogs your glasses up. Right. And then you're driving. You have no – your depth perception goes off. So, listen, if you're in your car I mean, with somebody like that you live with – if you're like an Uber driver, then, yes, you should wear extra protective Well, other pr- people are coming gear. into right. your car. Yeah. Exactly. Complete strangers. But if you're Complete by strangers. yourself or with your family that you're already at home with, 
You do not need to wear a mask inside think, a car. I think people just like the mask. They like the idea of going outside into the wilderness and like, will I make it back alive kind of a thing. Like, oh, my God, I've got my it's mask like on. An adrenaline rush I'm, or something? Yeah, it's almost like you're accomplishing some great feat. <laughs> it looks like you're about to rob a bank, well, I know. basically, yeah. is what it looks like, depending on what mask you're wearing. But anyway, the point is we take a nice drive down to Maryland. We go to my son's house and my daughter-in-law. And we stand outside. We didn't even go into the house. We didn't even touch the dog, the nope. big red, the big red. Uh, what is he? Was it oh, an Irish setter? It, no, 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 no. He's a she. Excuse me. She. She's a red lab. A red oh, lab. A Beautiful red lab. dog. Loves to play. Loves to jump around. You know. And they got big acreage down there. Yeah, My kids was, have big properties. I live in a little. The 1, dogs don't school. understand why all of a sudden they're not allowed to touch and greet strangers. You know, mm. they're all so happy and they're. So like, we got down that? there and we gave you know we gave the gifts. We got our Christmas gifts because we haven't seen my, that's how long it's been since we've seen my my son and my grandson and their family. So we took a nice ride. We're down there for a couple of hours, walking around in the fresh air, looking at the chickens, listening to the quiet. You know, you go down to Maryland, Harry, you're now in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right, right. And then you listen and you hear woodpeckers banging on trees in the distance. You hear fox. What was that that was yowling in the uh, in the woods? That was a fox. You hear foxes mm-hmm. doing foxy like, things. They almost sound like a, a child screaming. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a little disturbing, yeah. Mm. Or maybe it was a woman in yeah. a house far away <laughs> in the distance screaming with joy as she was outside on her patio. No, it sounds like somebody's in pain. It's, it's, it's it a depends. kind of well, disturbing. You know, hey, listen, I, you, you've seen some of those films, Harry, where the woman sounds what like films? she's in pain. You know, where there's well, joy, but there's if, pains of just... Especially if they're French. <laughs> because then they're, ah, we. All right, enough. Ah, I think right, we got right, it, Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you did that and not us. Hey. So anyway, people want to go out. The weather's getting warm. The crowds are appearing on beaches. And then half the country's going crazy, wanting all those people to die. And I, I don't think we'd... I don't ever believe I would th- live to see the day where people who are on the beach, they're not even close to each other, now should die because the other miserable people who are sitting at home thinking they want to play God and tell people what to do to sit in their homes. We've been sitting in our homes here every single day. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, you may have to call out the National Guard. If you think, especially in New Jersey, if the governor of New Jersey, who today said that you're going to stay at home until further notice, and he wants to double the testing capacity till the end of May before he even thinks about letting people go out. Mm. And, you know, at the end of May, that's when the weather is nice. That's when people want to go down to the beaches. They want to walk around in the sun. And when you have the sun out and you're sitting inside every single weekend, every day, and then the weekend comes. Yeah. And I told you, I saw it on Saturday. The roads were absolutely packed. Yep. So this, how are you going to tell those people to stay home? This Saturday, 70 degrees, partly sunny. Sunday, 71 degrees, partly sunny. Exactly. That's not tropical. No, but it's nice. Exactly. It's The point is... The sun is good for you. The mm-hmm. UV rays, by the way, are good. And you don't inject those UV rays. You just put sunscreen on, and UV rays make you feel better. It's vitamin D. So anyway, I'm not preaching. I just want you to know that everybody knows this. People are not going to sit in their homes when we get into deep May or mm-hmm. into June. That will be as enough is enough time. Mm-hmm. Are you with me right now? Oh, I'm with you. Trust me. I was out on Saturday. Now, were you on a golf course? I was. I did not play golf. Did you walk around on the course? Yeah, I walked about. Were there any drones flying five over? miles? Uh, no, I didn't see any drones. By the way, are you with me? Knock on wood, if you're with me. I did see that you posted a photograph from high above. 
Yeah, it was a panoramic photo that Instagram apparently doesn't acknowledge. So you didn't oh, get to see. Like, full... it's a good photo. Okay. I'll show it to you on my phone. But you didn't get to appreciate but it. But I saw that you you posted it to Governor Wolf saying, look, yes. look. Yes, yes. We, we should be able to go out yeah. there. This is all about social distancing. Exactly. There's nobody the F here. Exactly. Totally empty. Why well, you always have to insert, what do you think you are, Michael Jordan on The Last Dance? That's the one thing in watching this. I and think last I, was, night, I was paraphrasing Harry's tweet to Governor Wolf. Did Harry drop an F-bomb on your tweet to no, the governor? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. What's the matter with you, Robin? I was paraphrasing. That's not paraphrasing. If he did not use a profanity, no, I didn't you cannot use insert a profanity to paraphrase. What's wrong with you? The Last Dance, though, episodes three and four were pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman. Oh. He is. And he was my idol back then. You could have done ten episodes on him I alone. Know. Really. And so Dennis Rodman, who was on Last Dance last night, Wasting no time and back, being back out there and appearing on, with Barstool. Mm. And you know what they were asking him today? Because Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman were heavily they were, featured. They were married at one exactly. point for like a, I don't know. And so part Dennis of the year. Rodman, they talk about, you know, Was this, this is, before or after his Madonna days? Uh, I can't He keep made the track. round. Do you think I have the list? 98, it's like 99. Me, it's like asking me who Kim Kardashian's been with in chronological order. Right, yeah. Or any of the Kardashians. Does the order really matter? No, it doesn't matter. It's not about she was first, right. she was second. It's about doing your thing when you do that thing. So anyway, Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman were an item. And then there was, uh, oh, he was, you know, they had sex pretty much everywhere in the Bulls practice facility. <laughs> and I said, you know, but that was the good old days when you can have sex in unsanitary places and nothing bad would happen. Right. Nobody was quarantining it. They didn't bring in hazmat suits to clean out. And I've been to the Bulls practice facility oh, yeah? there in Chicago. Yes. Well, so, apparently he had an apartment, like, right near there. Yes, he did. And that was where Michael Jordan busted in on him with Carmen in the, the room. I that thought that was, was in Vegas. No, though. that wasn't in Vegas, apparently. That was after he had come back from Vegas, but he was just shacked up at his apartment. <laughs> and Michael's like, enough is enough. We're, we're, you Get your practice. ass back out yeah. here, man. We're talking about practice. How great is that? Say all you want about, <laughs> about Dennis Rodman and how quirky he was and how nuts Put he became. Put your pants back on yeah. and get the hell back to the, the court. The guy is where that was. And when he played, relentless, oh, and we yeah. saw it. He's a, we talked about this last Total week. Total energy. I mean, this guy said, I'm going to be the best rebounder in the history of the NBA. Right. And he knew it. He made that his mission. Yeah. And nobody was better. He basically crafted that whole thing of tipping the ball to yourself. Exactly. He was amazing at it. And I remember when people were like, oh, he doesn't score, though. Yeah. He didn't need to score. Go get the damn rebounds, every single one of them. Own the rim, and he did. Nobody owned the rim and could and could see where the ball was coming before it hit the metal, mm-hmm. the iron, and he knew exactly where it was going to be. Phenomenal stuff. We'll talk to Jay Mariotti, who was there in Chicago during that era. Plus, we'll talk some college football with Peter Burns, SEC apologist and friend of the show. <laughs> and Andy Benoit will give us a draft recap. That's going to come up next. A whole lot of stuff to talk about, and we're just getting started here. Tony Bruno, Harry Mays, Sirius XM 121, and on Twitch.tv, Tony Bruno Show, for your dining and dancing pleasure. Uh, why is this not showing connected? This is so annoying. Um, 
Oh, I'm being ripped saying that I needed the bump, bumpy bump within the first 10 seconds of the show already. Well, what was that for? I don't remember what the reason. Paraphrasing. Isn't that the whole thing about paraphrasing? No, par- paraphrasing means if, if there is an F-bomb in there, it must if there, if there is no F-bomb, you don't add it. You don't okay. add a profanity to a paraphrase. I'm going to look it up real quick, but my understanding of paraphrase is that something is very long and then you just condense it yes, in your own you words. Yes, but you do not add a profanity that was not included in the original <laughs> quote. Come on, Robin. I, I'm, I'm being colorful. Paraphrase. Well, you're going to get a job at CNN next? <laughs> <laughs> yes, although they can't curse either. Paraphrase. Ha, ha, ha. Express the meaning of the writer or speaker or something written or spoken using different words, especially to achieve greater clarity. That's not what paraphrasing is. He, I, deduced, deducted. That's like saying Trump actually said to inject uh, Lysol into your veins when he never said Lysol at all. But That's I, a paraphrase, which is totally— I was imagining totally... Harry swearing at Governor Wolf. That is what I heard in my head. Trust me. If Harry wanted to swear, he would have sweared I or did. swore. Oh. Is he calling us or are we calling him? He is calling. Andy's calling Andy us. Andy Benoit. Not Andy Benoit, of course, or David Benoit. Smooth jazz piano player. I think I had him. Once last time I had him on, I played did the whole Benoit or Benoit Benjamin, as you know, Harry. Because <clears throat> I don't have the Twitch stream up, Robin. I know I can't, and I can't do this because my computer is not projecting. So I don't project. See, this is the panorama shot. Oh, oh, nice. Now, did you have to take the multiple shots, or does your camera do that? No, the camera iPhone? does it. It takes just... like six shots, and you don't have to move it and do... No, like it's you... all one shot. You just okay. hit the button, and then you yeah, just... Yeah, that's the same thing that our cameras do. Camera. You just move it, and, then, and it No, starts... Harry doesn't have to move it. Yeah. Yeah, you Oh, have yeah, to... you got to move it. You got to move it. Yeah. Well, I thought the lens automatically uh-uh, did that for not, you. Not on this one. I, I had to slide the camera like this. And then it lays, there's a little square or, or a level that it says just keep along this line, right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's the and you hit the button when you're done. Yep. Why, well, thank you, Play Action Reel. I'm all in mellow yellow today. Can we talk mother bleeping sports, please? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? CJM8. Oh, that's the guy. He's, he hates everything. Hey, guess what? People go out. You Maybe you sit in your basement with lots of uh, uh, lotions and paper towels, CJM8. We are going to be speaking lots of sports today. It's just that during the break, we, we have do a, a guest bit of coming on next. I love how people. Do you, do, do, you, do, you, do you contact Jim Rome and tell him what to talk about? Probably. You go on I'm and sure tell they do. Shows. I'm sure they do. Yeah, you know, the difference is Jim Rome doesn't pay attention to Right, him. right. He's, That's the difference. He's smart. Mother bleeping sports. Was Harry pra- paraphrasing Miss Robin? Yes. See? You understand. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery County, where I live, we're screwed. Oh, yeah. Screwed. That's where I used to live. Because... I just found out that it's got the highest concentration of nursing homes of any county oh. in the yes. state. Exactly. That's wow. what's leading to all the deaths from this shit. Yep. Yeah. I tweeted that yesterday, um, Saturday. I'm so glad that my mother is not in a nursing home. Yeah. 
that my sister's taking care of her. And we're going to get lumped in with Philly, too. Yep. It's like the southeast region is screwed. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. All right, we got you up to date on all the uh, states and people getting cabin fever. The draft is over. Everybody's got the report cards today, <laughs> depending on who you look at or who you read. One thing is for certain, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers are the subject of the most ridicule after their drafts. And a man who broke it all down scientifically. Haven't had him on the show in a long time, but this man knows his stuff, Harry. It's Andy Benoit. I'm always, I always want to say Benoit because of David Benoit, but don't forget there was Benoit Benjamin, too. So it's spelled mm -hmm. B-E-N-O-I-T. And I think I asked you this before, Andy. How do you differentiate between Benoit and Benoit? I gauge what I perceive to be the education level of the person I'm talking to, and if it seems like a high education level, I'll say Benoit, and if it <laughs> seems more like where my family and I have been in my life, I'll say Benoit. So does that mean I'm not smart? Is that what you're deducing at this point? <laughs> I, you, maybe you're down in the, the base with me here. And, you know, I remember Benoit Benjamin, by the way. When I was a kid, my mom told me that they had considered naming me Benjamin Benoit, and I was so relieved to not do it because I didn't – I had, uh, what, Benoit Benjamin's trading card, and I, I didn't love I, – I, I thought he was a little bit of a rounded-body athlete from what I could remember. I didn't love him as much as I loved other NBA guys. And David Benoit, a great smooth jazz piano player who did a lot of great, great pieces. All right, enough about Danny that. And a guy who played for the Utah Jazz, a separate David Benoit. That's right. This is great knowledge right here. All right, let's get down and, to the... And the name of my cousin, not to push it too far, but the name of my, my best friend cousin. All right, you All just right, pushed go, go it ahead. too far. All right, you put, you're the one who was telling people about the education level of the, of the person deciding whether it's Benoit or Benoit. Let's get down to it. Are you on the same national bandwagon that is deduced that the Green Bay Packers with their selection of a quarterback in the first round and the Philadelphia Eagles with their selection of a quarterback in the second round were the biggest head-scratchers of the draft after all is said and done? Um, a little, I can certainly see why that's the – if we have to pick a head-scratcher, I can see how it has landed on those two teams, especially Green Bay. Uh, I, I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for the reason that their draft did have one theme throughout. And the theme surprised me, and it surprised a lot of people, but they were consistent with the approach, and that was their drafting with the long view in mind. Jordan Love's not the only guy they took who will probably be playing for them down the road but might not play right away. I mean, I could argue that none of their rookies will have huge roles right away, perhaps. So it gets into the philosophy then. If you're, okay, we're one game from the Super Bowl, do you draft for right now and try to find a couple guys that can push you over the top, or do you draft to, to keep replenishing the stock and keeping yourself theoretically in this position for many years to come. New England does it that way. They draft with, with other years out in the future in mind. Seattle has been doing that. That's the approach Green Bay took. It surprised some people, uh, but, you know, I'm sure they put a lot of thought into it. I'm sure they didn't just wake up and decide, hey, that's what we're going to do on draft day today. Well, the Dallas Cowboys are getting lauded uh, throughout uh, the Twitter sphere for their weekend. And aside from C.D. Lamb, uh, falling right to them in the first round. What, what made their weekend so great? Well, the guys they got happened to fit the needs that they have, and that, to me, is, is really what drafting is about. Every team says we just take the best guy. We don't draft for need. But 
that's not true. Every team does. Most of the time they do draft for need, and you have to in the NFL. So Lamb, I think, is a huge addition for a variety of reasons. But to answer your question about the other guys, Trayvon Diggs is a longer-bodied, physical press type of corner. And Dallas's new regime, Mike Nolan's the defensive coordinator now. When we last saw Nolan running a defense, it was a little while ago, about eight years ago, I want to say, but he was blitzing. And even in Atlanta, they had these conversations after Nolan was, was running the defense. What do we do? What kind of players do we get? And Nolan's attitude, and the Falcons bought in at the time, was let's go get some corners because we can scheme a pass rush. We're going to blitz and we're going to design the pass rush and get home that way. We don't need big-time athletes to do that. But if we are blitzing, you do need to play man-to-man behind it because you got to be up on receivers to take away their timing if the ball is going to come out quickly against the blitz. So let's get some corners, and we'll scheme the pass rush. It appears that might be where Dallas is headed right now with Trayvon Diggs. He's a guy that would at least fit that kind of philosophy for how they want to play. Plus, some of their corners now, they might have trouble re-signing Jordan Lewis and Chidobia Wuzier, they're both in the final year of their contract. We're talking with uh, Andy Benoit, talking draft. And obviously wide receivers went off the board like crazy. Eight off the board in the first 35 picks, 30, 26 through five rounds, 36 overall. That ties the record set in 2003 for that many receivers taken in a seven-round draft. That's not a surprising. That's a lot of wide receivers out there, and there's no doubt that's a premium position, along with offensive linemen who also went in, in large quantities this past weekend. Yeah, and it's interesting. The alignment didn't surprise me as much because there were a lot of teams this year that needed tackles. And what's happened for so long, we've thought because of the blind side, which is a great book and a nice movie and everything, we've thought the left tackle is a lot more valuable than the right tackle. And that was true for a while, but the NFL has changed. There's a lot of shotgun now, so the blind side has been the game. You don't have as much of a blind side. You see things differently out of the shotgun, it's a lot of quick strike passes, so these guys are not blocking on an island for four seconds. It's a different league. And long story short, right tackles and left tackles, I think, now hold equal value. They're both still very important. The best pass rushers face right tackles, not left tackles. So a lot of teams need tackles because you now need two of them, not just one great tackle. And, and there were happened to be quite a few good tackles in this draft. So the first round, that was where teams went. The wide receiver surprised me a little for two reasons, that there were so many taken early. Uh, one is we kept hearing how deep the receiver class is. So you would think a lot of teams would say, well, you know, we don't, we don't need to go get this first rounder because we got guys in the third, fourth round who might not be quite as good, but they're close. Let's go get them, and we'll draft a different position in the first round. I thought we'd see more of that. It didn't go that way. The other thing is a lot of these younger coaches, they believe in their heart of hearts, our scheme can win. We can get guys open. They just have to run the routes the way we want them to run the routes. And some of those guys, we, we do need talent to do that, but we don't need to have a Julio Jones to do that. We can have a guy like, like what Cooper Cup or Robert Woods do for the Rams. Those are second-tier talent receivers. Uh, they're still well above average, but they're not break-the-bank type of guys but they work perfectly for the Rams. I thought more teams are seeing things that way, and yet here we still saw, what what did you say, six receivers, seven, eight go in the first 39 picks. So it was interesting that it went that way. Yeah, eight in the first 35, 26 through five rounds, 36 overall. And the Oakland Raiders are the first team in 38 years 
who took three wide receivers in the first three rounds, and then the Miami Dolphins on the other side went heavy on offensive linemen to protect their investment in Tua. So you're seeing teams, and that's why the Dolphins are getting major, major love. They got the quarterback that they think is their future, and then they got three offensive linemen to help protect that guy. Yeah, it, 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 and it helps when your offensive line was really ill-equipped last year, too. I mean, they had glaring needs at tackle. So it was, it, I'm sure that prodded them. Oakland, or I guess it's Las Vegas now, I'll have to get used to that. that. It surprised me that they went as deep as they did at wide receiver because they've invested in some guys already. And I would imagine Tyrell Williams, who got big money from them, I think it was a year ago now, maybe it's two years ago, He'll probably not be there after this season. They can get out of his contract pretty feasible. So maybe they're looking ahead. Teams often draft with next year in mind about who they can sign and not sign because they have an idea for that now. And Brian Edwards, their, their third receiver they took, 81st pick overall, South Carolina, he's kind of a Tyrell Williams type in terms of style. Hey, Andy, if uh, Howie Roseman uh didn't shock the world by taking Jalen Hurts at number 53 overall. Where do you think he would have gone? Well, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I have a good answer for that because Hurts, guys like Hurts are so much in the eye of the beholder. And I know that with Lamar Jackson's success, it's probably easy to say, oh, you know, more mobile QBs, that's what you want. Lamar Jackson is not a – he's beyond mobile. He, I mean, he's faster than most wide receivers and running backs. He's a different kind of mobile. So that's really not a great comp. I'm not saying Hurts can't run away from people, but, you know, it's, how you value mobile QBs varies from one team to the next. And what you want to be leery of is when a guy is dependent on his mobility. And I didn't watch enough of Hurts in college to say whether he is or is not dependent on his mobility – but you haven't heard him described as a passer first and foremost by everybody. Right. So, I, which means his demand is, was lower because not every team's going to have a demand for him in that case. So I was a little surprised he went as high as he did. But I think I think uh, since there, since they, Philadelphia has some pretty specific ideas in mind for how they'll want to use him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the field with Carson Wentz at times. All right, Andy. The story that we're looking forward to now is at 4 p.m. today is the deadline for unrestricted free agent signings to count in the compensatory pick formula for the following draft. So we're going to see a lot of guys being dropped today, and we're going to see a lot of guys being picked up, right? We may see some movement on, you know, Jameis Winston, Logan Ryan, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, there's a bunch of guys out there floating around. So how big will this 4 p.m. deadline be? Because we're getting close to it. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. And I'll be honest, it's not one that has been at the front of my mind, but that. That compensatory pick thing, and I'm surprised. I needed to look up when that CBA was agreed upon a few weeks ago. I, I, we need to be more familiar with exactly how that is set up and in place because a lot of veteran players are getting hurt by that compensatory pick set up. You, you, a guy who's a decent veteran, you dump him because he's going to cost so much more and you get a compensatory pick for a rookie, a cheap rookie. I think there's been a lot of unintended consequences with that. So that'll probably be near the front of my to-do list is getting more familiar with that because I, I, I would imagine that's something the NFLPA wanted to address in the negotiations, and I, I don't know off the top of my head exactly where that landed. Yeah, there's a lot of names out there, and I was just looking over it, and you got you know, you got Carlos Hyde and Jason Peters and Everson Griffin and Marcus Golden. 
Hmm. Uh, Prince Amakamura, mm -hmm. who's bounced around, and even the Cam Newton situation, that, that, that's not going to be decided today because of the whole problem with the physical, not being able to have him checked out medically to see if they could sign him and pay the guy the big money that he wants. Yeah, and the other part with Newton, what's, been, what's interesting is him, and the part of the reason he's unsigned is, first of all, he's, like you said, damaged goods, and we don't know where he even is there. And even if he gets the medical, you still don't know if he'll stay healthy, and that's been a concern. Had chronic shoulder problems, and the way he throws the ball, he is a very violent upper body thrower. He does not, his legs and upper body are almost separate entities at times when he throws the ball, which is part of the reason he can be a strong passer. He's a very talented arm, but part of the reason he's erratic in his consistency, his accuracy at times. So that's a concern to me. If I'm taking a QB that's had a history of shoulder problems and he puts a lot of torque on his shoulder and I don't know if he'll be accurate enough anyway. Plus, are we really going to run that QB a lot? Do we want him taking a lot of hits? Because that's what made Newton so valuable in Carolina. It's not just that he could run the ball, but he made you defend the quarterback in the run game pretty much every single snap. And that, that impacted everything Carolina could do offensively. All of those are in question right now because of where Newton's health is and his being unavailable to get examined the way he normally would because of what's going on, that doesn't help him either. So, Cam Newton's a top 32 NFL quarterback for sure, but I don't know if he's going to have a starting job this year or any job. I don't know where he lands because of these questions. Hey, Andy, uh, rookie NFL head coach Matt Rule and the Panthers took all seven of their picks on the defensive side of the ball. It's the first time that's happened since 1985 wow. when the Browns took all their picks on one side of the ball. What did you think of their draft? Well, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys, BetOnline.ag has it at 150 to 1 right now in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, they are at the bottom of the league, and it's a total rebuilding effort, and they knew that. That's what they are. Cam Newton's not there anymore. Luke Keekley's not there anymore. They've changed coaching staff. Now is the time to do this. One of the nice things about cleaning house is it gives you a lot of draft flexibility. And when teams say, well, we take the best player on our board, that's something they like to say, but often they're taking guys for need, and there's other factors that go in, as there should be. And that's how you put together a team. But when you're cleaning house, you can't take the best player on your board because you're looking for a lot of things. So the best player on their board happens to be defense every single time. I don't think they set out to do it that way, but that's the way it fell, and uh, I understand that. I think their offense, they, they had addressed it decently in free agency anyway. Andy Benoit breaking it down. And, he, you know, the draft odds changed after the draft. They're going to change even more. You want the best online, uh, best draft odds right now, Harry. You go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Get the freshest lines updated almost hourly now with the way this whole thing's going. And when Andy figures out how this compensatory thing uh, works, we'll all sit down and try to figure it out as well with him. Andy, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate all the knowledge and uh, the uh, assessments so far. You don't have report cards, though, so that's good. You don't do that, thank do you? you for, yeah, they, no, you know what? I did do that this year, but I, I am the first to say, I did it for Sports Illustrated, the, the grades are a load of garbage. I mean, it's just <laughs> a great, you know, it's, that's, that's the nature of it, but it's fun. People like it, and I think it's probably harmless fun. Exactly. I can't wait till the, till the schedule's released, and then we can sit down like we do every year. We learn from Mike and the Mad Dog. Give him a win. We can do give him give a him win, a loss. give him a loss <laughs> based on the schedule as it's released. It is, it's, one of the, it's the next big day I see on the sports calendar. 
Yeah, why even play the game? We can just sit here and figure this out ourselves. We don't need to play the game. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're experts. That's why we're on radio and on Sirius XM 211. The problem is maybe they won't play them. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Benoit breaking it down. I prefer Andy Benoit. It sounds a little more French, and it gives you the schwa de vive. And I don't understand I, uh, it. Don't dis- I don't disagree. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming All on. Right. At, at Andy underscore Benoit on Twitter. Exactly. B-E-N-O-I-T. I'm going to say Benoit. I'm sorry. I always thought it was Benoit at first. It is. I really Thank did. you, Andy. Yeah. Benoit sounds more French. Yeah. I mean, even if it is Benoit. Right. It's still Benoit. I would go by Benoit on Fridays and Saturday nights. Yeah, like That's I'm out. I'm saying, you know what I mean? When you're, going, yeah. when you're out in the club. Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, yeah. when I'm out clubbing. <laughs> right. When you're looking for a reservation, when the restaurants finally open <laughs> yes. up. Yes. I'd like uh, a table for two, but make sure I'm far away from the, from the bourgeoisie and, and on what the is other the side. Name, sir? What is the name, sir? It, the name is Benoit. Andrew Benoit. Oh, yeah, you'll definitely get a much nicer Spelling? table. Benoit. Benoit. B-E-N-O-I-T. If you say Benoit, you're going to be over Got by it. the kitchen. Exactly. Benoit, you're going to have a nice <laughs> right. water view. Right, right. Maybe they'll put you in the, in the chef's uh, room. Maybe they'll put you in the wine room. Yes, but we have breaking news. We do have breaking And this is great this, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. This came down during our conversation with Andy ben- Benoit. The, uh, I'm reading this from Ford Turner, M. Call. He's the capital correspondent in Harrisburg, reporter for the Allentown Morning Call. Governor Wolf says, the governor of Pennsylvania says. Governor Tom Wolf, to correct, you and me. Starting May 1st, Pennsylvania golf courses, marinas, guided fishing trips, and privately owned campgrounds may reopen statewide using life-sustaining business guidance supplied by Wolf's administration so May 1st, which to help is, them operate. Which that's is, Friday. That's this Friday, yes. May 1st. So, again, repeating the top story right now, and I'll yell it loud since we can't do, uh, I can't do uh, hearing-impaired stuff. Yes. So what will be actually opening here in the great state of Pennsylvania? Golf courses, marinas, mm-hmm. guided fishing trips, and privately owned campgrounds. Wow. So there your you tweet to him obviously worked. I've been pressuring him for yes. weeks. That's yes. the kind of power signing to petitions. the people. Signing petitions, yes. marching on Harrisburg. Exactly. Now that's too far and it's too it's expensive. Too far. And then the tolls on the turnpike. Oh, it's, it's not even worth the aggravation. It costs you like $30 to go to Harrisburg on the Pennsylvania turnpike. It's not. And then you get it lumped in with some nut with a uh, rebel flag. You exactly know what I mean? right, Harry. <laughs> so. Then you'll be up there with the New England Patriots place kicker. Right, yeah. And getting a tattoo some militia, erased. A militia somewhere up in the upstate part of Pennsylvania where all the rednecks live. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. (laughs) This just goes to show you how influential this show is. Exactly. Again, already so fast. You know, all these other sports shows, they're they're wasting time and electricity and natural resources. We get action on this show. That's right. Anybody could talk about the draft. Yep. We just prove that. I love all those people on my Twitter. Give it up, Harry. Move on. (laughs) Never. 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 We are fixing all that's broken in society, ladies and gentlemen. That's what our job is here. Yes. We're not here just to talk and make the needles move yeah. for three hours. But we do that, too. But we are, that's why we've been deemed essential long before we even knew what essential meant. Well, you have an impassioned plea to try to save the beer, too. Yes, we got a beer thing. Did you see that story over the weekend, Harry? I, uh, yes, actually. Miss uh, Robin had Robin she was, was all, all over, this. over it yes. like a drunk at a kegerator. <laughs> At somebody's basement. You know when you have a kegerator oh, and your yeah. friend has one in his, in his basement? Oh, those were the greatest things, those old refrigerators. They yes. were gigantic, and then somebody would cut the hole in and you just had that tap, and it was yeah. it was bliss. 
Oh, man. Those were the days. I mean, if you didn't have a kegerator in your basement back in the paneling days of the 70s and 80s, in the 80s, you were nobody. You were a loser. A loser. <laughs> but I, I, I'm wondering Let's now. Open, what poor one open right now. Do I wear the white pants on Friday to commemorate yeah, this occasion? Even though it's not Memorial Day, Harry. Right. I'm going to give you a special dispensation. I'll get the governor to approve it. I'll get it in writing. Okay. Harry Mays can bust out the white golf pants. Now you got to go with the white belt buckle too. The oh, white yeah. belt. Oh yeah. They oh, ha- yeah. Has to can match. you go white on white? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Isn't that racist? <laughs> So you get I thought you had to wear the dark pants with the white belts no, when you're no, on the no, golf no, course. No. You can do that. You can wear the white belt with anything. But white <laughs> on white is better. I wear the white like... belt with jeans, Tony. How about with shorts? Can you wear them with shorts like jorts? Jorts? No, I don't wear jorts. No. <laughs> I actually have They a allow jean. now on your course. You you have one of those fancy courses. This isn't a Well, a yeah, you can't wear cargo this shorts. This isn't this stuff. isn't a public course. No, this it's is a private. private course. It's private. So you can't wear like But it's jeans. a working man's club. It's not it's like a working uh, man's club. Yeah, I mean, is that yeah. like the working door, ha- the working dog group? You know, at the dog shows. It's now the, the kind of club dogs. that Andy Benoit could join, not exactly. Andy Benoit. Correct. <laughs> yes, there are no Benoits, but there's a couple of Benoits. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, 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 the newly drafted uh, Harry from the Sea Bus checks it and says the newly drafted Pat's kicker likes white on white. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, what are you going to do, man? You know. Now, what was dad, let his dad drunk, at least. What at was least. the situation there? He had a I tattoo. Even, I guess like, he had a tattoo on. With a, some lo, like logo of the three I have no idea. I don't even know what, 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 what white nationalists wear except swastikas and, uh, and, and Confederate flags. Yeah, that's what so I, I thought. I have no idea. But luckily we have all these media people out there who make sure that they look at everybody's tattoos, except they don't look at everybody's tattoos. And then they determine that a guy's a white supremacist. Now he's going to have it uh, painted over or something. Or tattooed over. Well, yeah, you got to, you know, tattoo over it with something else, another design. But is it something? Something? I think it was three percenters. And that apparently isn't that the beer they drink in Canada? That's why I don't go to Canada anymore, Harry. Two cups of vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Good vodka. And you just pour it in the big. The big pitcher. Just pour it right in. Yeah. Pour it right in, Harry. Pour it right in. Harry got a special delivery, too. Did you pick it up yet? Oh, this is going to no. be a hell of a week, Tony. Yes, it is. I'll tell you what. Yeah, and it's just getting started. I might call out sick on Friday. 215-462-TONY. 215-462-8669. That's the number. You call. We talk. It's Tony and Harry. Fixing all that's broken in broadcasting and in society. I need to fix this stupid. Let's do it live. Hey, Harry, I actually got you a gift for Friday too. What? Should I should I at least show it? Yeah. I'll show it when we come back from break. Um. And I need a long HDMI cable. Cause this stupid thing is not working. Shite. <laughs> Jim says, we're not rednecks in the upper part of Pennsylvania there, Tony Bruno. LOL.
he was good about doing this is we don't have to sit here and complain about stinking Doug Peterson and, and what's-his-face for four hours, three hours a day for a week. Week? It'll be months. They're going to hope to get a month out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, until the schedule comes out. I have no idea what a three percenter is. No, I don't either. I saw it. I looked it up after I heard about it. And apparently that, that group was at that rally in Charlottesville, apparently. This the three percenters? Yeah. yeah. They sound like guys who can't drink uh, strong beer. It's like, a tat, it's like an American flag with th- the Roman numeral three. I have no idea what that means. I used to be a one percenter, and then I got divorced. Most of the one percenters are the uh, bikers. That's how yeah. Battle at uh, Hollister. Yeah. Or the guy that ran into like ninety-nine percent of the people here are good people. Right. Whatever happened. So one percenters. Well, one percenters are, are evil. That's what it has. One, two. That's the three numbers that's, in there in the flag. Yep, that's their symbol. I got to catch up. I got to call the governor of Virginia and catch up on all my uh, KKK and white supremacist stuff. Get a hood and get all that stuff that the governor down there. Jesus, Robin. Jesus. <laughs> you know what I bought on Friday night, though? Thursday night, late at night. I bought some stock. Dean oh, will be happy. Oh, yeah. I bought DraftKings. Yeah, he's huh? Goodbye. I bought it at nine. I bought it at $19 though cuz I didn't I, I didn't do it early enough in the day. But it's going to go up. Yeah, it's definitely going to go up. Bye. 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 Johnny RY129 says, "Harry, do you like my golf puns on Twitter?" Who says that? Jeff Bruder. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not Marion. It's a real man's country yeah, club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't let me on the property at Marion. Well, we were on the property at Marion when the Open was here. I remember walking through, like, mud bogs. Yeah, I know. It I'm, was I'm, raining so hard. I'm just saying if I'm not paying for a ticket well, or exactly. have a media credential. Did you play it? Did you get to play there? I got to no. play there at 81 when it was there. Oh, really? They had a media day? Yeah. Normally, they do do that. They didn't do it because it was so wet right, this when it was there a couple of years 2013, ago. 2013, they didn't do it. Exactly. Was that 2013 already? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yep. According to a recent study by Kaiser Family Foundation, nearly half, 45% of adults in the U.S. report that their mental health has been negatively impacted. And that's where the governor's due doing to worry and, and stress. Exactly. That's the part of this story that the people who are pissed off that people want to go out don't understand. I know. Well, I mean, if you look at the statistics during the Great Yeah. Yeah. All right, Robin, stop quiet on the set. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. Ah, so we're getting positive news. It is the last day, last week of April, and Friday will be May 1st, and then Monday will be May 4th, and then we'll be doing all May the 4th be with you 
people are already tweeting about May the 4th. You know oh, really? why? Because Disney came out and announced that they're going to have an all-female reboot or version of the uh, Star Wars thing. Because, oh. you know, Disney owns Star Wars, so they got to keep cranking product right, out for right, Disney+. Right. Plus. Right. An all-female version, May the 4th. Be with you, Robin. You get it? We'll do that next Monday. May the 4th be with you? Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's an annual uh, thingy. Meanwhile... A lot of golf jokes, but you can see everybody's energy level picked up when Harry read the Pennsylvania governor saying that he's going to allow certain things to open this Friday on May 1st. Mm -hmm. What does that do to a lot of people? Well, I got an interesting uh, little tidbit here in this uh, article announcing the uh, changes coming up on May 1st. According to a recent study by the Kaiser Family Foundation, Mm -hmm. nearly half, 45% of adults in the U.S., Tony, reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted due to worry and stress Absolutely over the COVID-19. And there are people who already had serious issues before this happened. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're sitting at home every single day. I mean, luckily we're working, and even though this isn't hard work, I mean, we put a lot of preparation into this, and we're here every day. It takes up a lot of our day, though, you know what I mean, between prepping and doing exactly. the show. I, mean, I could be out there playing golf with Harry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what would we have been doing for the last no, three you're right. weeks plus, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you'd have nothing to do. Well, we've been, been, doing, we've been doing a podcast here in the basement for a couple of years. Right. So this isn't new to us, but we could go out mm-hmm. before all this happened. So being at home, again, it, it affects everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. This stuff affects every single living, breathing human and animal in this country. So for people to ignore it and get mad, that, oh, well, why are those people going out on the beach? Oh, they're killing everybody. We're all going to die. Ridiculous. And then yesterday, the, the, the number one tw- trend all day, did you see what it was? Uh, no. Lesbian Visibility Day. What? The visibility was horrible. I couldn't see anybody. It was raining and it was miserable. What is that? I don't know. Well, you know, it's obviously that lesbians want to be acknowledged. I don't know why they picked uh, yesterday as a particular day. But I've been lesbi- acknowledging lesbians since Me the too. early 80s. I was and we thank you. Yeah. I've been acknowledging <laughs> lesbians before it was cool. Right. I had a t-shirt made. That a, a female friend of mine gave me in L.A., and it says, I learned from lesbians. And hey. I wore that proudly, Harry. There you go. What did you learn? So Everything. Uh, everything, Harry. You know what I learned? <laughs> first and foremost. I find at the same time, man. Robin. Oh, Two troops at the same time, man. How long have you been working with me? <laughs> I hate to do it. I hate to do it, too. I got to give her one already. Could have given her one 10 seconds into the show. <laughs> This has not been a good 46 <laughs> no. minutes. Not for me. I'll tell you. Speak for yourself, Harry. I've well, been I'm, flawless for 46 minutes. I'm riding minutes. high right now. So, visib- <laughs> it's Lesbian Visibility Day is just another pair. It's another word for awareness. So, yes. they're saying visibility rather than mm. awareness. Although, I find that very interesting. Like, because they're, they're within the LGBT community, exactly. there has been sort of a negative aspect about the male attention towards lesbians. Not me. Right? Mm. Because they're saying, oh, you know, men love lesbians mm. because they like the idea of two women at the same time, two chicks at the same time. So I find it interesting that they actually chose the word visibility. I like it. As mm. if they're drawing more attention to the visual aspect of it. Mm. Exactly right. That's Listen, deep. I, see, I would I have know, never I given was, it that much. When thought. I was 17, you know, Frank <laughs> Sinatra did the song 17. 
Remember Frank? Well, no, it was, it was Janice Ian did the song. I learned oh, 17. the truth at 17. It was not about lesbians. No, 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 no. But I learned the truth at 17 about lesbians. I lived with two lesbians when I was 17 years old. Wow. I told you that story, Harry. No, you didn't, yes. actually. It's in my, it'll be in my book and the movie, the accompanying DVD. It'll be a three-part series. Won't be as ten like the uh, Jordan one, right? But it may be based on what you know. What else I can dig up? Are you going to wait until the next pandemic to release it? Absolutely. Yeah. Meanwhile, speaking of a guy who has kept everything that's ever happened in my career, the official archivist of the Tony Bruno Show, the great Jim from the Cheltenham neighborhood or Sheltonham, depending on how you say it and where you live, section of the city of brotherly love, the city of a quarterback factory known as the Philadelphia Eagles. Jim, how are you today, pal? How you doing, Tony? Beautiful, man. Great day today to finally open these golf courses. Damn right. Harry's Jones in here. I'm right too, myself. He was about to bring in his gigantic, the biggest driver he has. Those gigantic, what's the biggest head driver that you have in your, in your arsenal, Harry? I've just got a, a tailor-made M2. You don't have the great, big, gigantic, well, enormous Berthas? It's pretty big. I mean, they, is it bigger than the great big big ass Berthas that I they think, used to make? I think it's basically the largest uh, head of a driver you can have legally, conforming. Beautiful. Yeah. Tim, I wish I wish they knew. Yesterday was Lesbian Day. Uh, I would have had some clips today for you. Lesbian Visibility Day. Don't <laughs> yeah. you forget it. Well, I got some classic clips from your shows in the past. We have lesbian clips. <laughs> I didn't know about. It. I would have had it for you today. Oh come on, Jim. Weren't you on Twitter yesterday? It was a number one trend all day. <laughs> Les- it it finally knocked them. Donald Trump down. Fake president down out of the top ten. Wow. <laughs> you know it's important. Well, <laughs> so I do have a clip today. Um, 30 years ago, this month, um, the 76ers on the last day of the regular season won the Atlantic Division Championship. But at the end of the game with 14 seconds against the Pistons in Detroit, there was a major brawl between Charles Barkley and Bill Lambeer. Oh, and we saw the bad yeah. boys last night. And remember, we had, we had my boy. Scotty on last week. Yeah, he was on that team. Yes. You remember last week? Oh, uh, yeah. We had him on a week early. He was talking about it. And you, on the, the next day on your morning show on WCU, you, you and Don Henderson, your sports guy, talked to, played the clip from Detroit Radio. Oh, let's go to the tape. Back okay. in the day, Sixers brawling with the bad boys back in 1989. 7.36 is the WCAU time. Wild finish as the Sixers win the championship. Who won the fights? Here's Don Henderson to tell us, sponsored by Matthews Ford. Thank you very much, Tony Bruno. Good morning, everyone. 76ers 107, Pistons 97, the first Atlantic Division title in seven years. But as Tony indicated, a fight ended the game. 14 and 8, 10 seconds to go. Charles Barkley, Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer. Let's go to the voice of the Detroit Pistons, George Blaha, WWJ, CBS, Detroit. Ricky Mahorn driving all the way, coast to coast for the dunk. Phenomenal bad boys against Barkley. The great George Blaha, the voice of the Pistons for many, 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 That many. was some great broadcasting right there. Absolutely. You, you and who was the other guy? Don Henderson. Henderson. Legendary Philly He's sports good. guy. Yeah. He did Temple. He did all the local right. colleges and stuff. 
The great, yeah, he lives down in Florida. Oh, yeah? I haven't talked to him in a while. I hope he's still around. He's one of the greats. And he oh. played, in his early days, he played a little professional baseball. Yeah, Don Henderson. Wow. Great, great guy. That's, that's, that's a good clip. I don't even remember that. It was when you were WCU show 30 years ago this month. That was 30 wow. years ago, Harry, when I was dominating <laughs> morning radio in the Delaware Valley. Jim from Cheltenham needs to put out a Tony Bruno calendar. And on every date, like this, on on this, this date, date, every back. day we'll have the yes. daily clip. Yeah. You know, it's like your daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. The bond, the, <laughs> the quotient. You know, phenomenal. The, the, right? What is the one? You know what the French place in, the, in all the airports? Au bon pain. Au bon pain, but that's, yeah. that's the good bread. Yeah. But then there's the pain de quotidien, which is the daily bread. Oh, okay. My French isn't very good right now. i got to hook up with another French chick soon. I used to have a French girlfriend for four years and mm -hmm. went to Paris with her. I was speaking fluent French. Now I can't even say Benoit properly anymore. FYI, Don Henderson was inducted into the Broadcast Pioneers Hall of Fame in uh, last year, 2019. So I'm assuming there's no nothing opposing this, that he is still alive. Yes, I saw him in Tampa because that's where he's living. Mm. He's smart. You think he, yeah. you think he retired to Cheltenham or <laughs> South Philly? See. Come on, Jim. He's a smart guy. He got the hell out of Pennsylvania right. knowing this pandemic was coming and he wouldn't be able to go out and play sports or even broadcast sports. And that clip was sent to me by one of your fans. Somebody from the Bay Area sent it to me. Oh, wow. So we have people recording me all over the place. That's all right. The, governor's the government's recording us now anyway. This is before we had Alexis and the government was spying on us. This is how good this stuff is, Harry. And, of course, the, the Eagles trade, uh, pick in the second, the second pick is some people love it and some people hate it. It's hard to which way people are going with this. No, nah, most people hate it. Anything that the Philadelphia Eagles do, especially, uh, you know, especially their GM, Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman is now public enemy number one again. And you notice he went on all the national shows today. He was on with Rich Eisen. He was on with Rich Eisen. And listen, knowing that when I did national radio, the interesting thing that always happened, Jim, is that the local guys like Andy Reid would always come on with me when I was on national radio, mm -hmm. but he wouldn't go on with the local guys in Philly. Right. Because he, he figured he could get a bigger audience, that people would hear him, and if well, he went on one local show, and then they would give him a hard time and that kind of stuff. Not that I didn't he, ask him the tough questions. He had to come on Mondays with Angelo, though. That was yeah. part of the contract. Well, yeah, exactly. That US happens broadcast. in every market yeah. with every coach. Yeah. But I'm saying the national, like Howie Roseman, I don't know if he went on both Philly sports stations, yeah, but he know. was on everywhere. I don't know. John Clark did an interview with him last night. He did one with Doug Peterson. And so they're doing the rounds today because the Eagles saw what happened after the draft, that they have been hammered all over, not only here in the Philadelphia area. See now they've on, been hammered all over the country. On the Twitch stream, Stu No God says to Jim, you should start your own YouTube channel for Bruno Radio Archives. I know. You can make some money out of this because yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Peter King was on this morning on um, Dan Patrick, and he liked, liked the move the Eagles, the Eagles made. The Jalen? I like the Jalen. I'm going to be one of those contrarians. I yeah. like the move. I don't think you use a second-round pick I for, like a, that for move. a gadget guy. And He's a, not a, a gadget backup. guy. Have yeah, you watched him? You watch him play him Oklahoma. In I, fact, next hour. Yeah. Next hour, my man. Peter Burns, ESPN, college football expert. Look, I'm not going to rip the kid or the player, but it's just for the Eagles in the second round, I, I thought that was a pick you could make later. Now, Burton Gus has an interesting observation here on the Twitch stream, Tony. Yes. What up with the French stuff? You changing your name to Tony Bruno, which spelled U-E-A-X? Yes. The wine cellar going all snobby on us. It's an outrage. <laughs> 
snobby. I've been drinking wine my entire life. I didn't start drinking wine because it was bougie and cool and hip and do. And Tony will even drink box of wine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, times are tough. Right? Just well, don't know. stick a knife in that. <laughs> no, no, not like, not like the Lima. Yeah, yeah, just don't do that. No, and I only buy the best box wine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's garbage box wine and then right. there's decent wine. What are you getting, Franzia? No, no, no Franzia. <laughs> and he's must be hurting right now, too. No Phillies games to broadcast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Scott Franzia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Franzia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Jim, thank okay. you once again. Have a great week, guys. Thank See ya. you. That is great knowledge to remember that. Amazing. Do you remember that game here? No. Sixers and Pistons in 1989? I mean, that was the bad boy era. No. You remember, Charles Barkley was the, was the Sixers bad guy. Oh, yeah, no he doubt. He wasn't afraid. And those guys back then, I know there's an argument, well, that was the goon days in the NBA. You know, you couldn't get away with that now. You know what? Those guys, I give, give the Pistons... One of my friends tweeted me, he says, the Detroit Pistons were the Donald Trump of the NBA back in that era. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't care. care. No, they, they didn't care. They played the way they wanted to. I, People would rip them as goons and all this other stuff. I hated Bill Lambeer with a passion, yep. Tony. And I, so I, did everybody. I, I, I was not alone, I, of course. But you know what? He didn't care. You're right. He really didn't. Actually, if you go to at Rex Chapman on Twitter, yep. he has um, some No Babies Allowed clips from yep. the NBA 80s and 90s, and they're vicious. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I remember it. Those were the good old days, man. That was real basketball. Yeah, Tree Rollins. <laughs> oh, man. You see Elijah on give that uh, j- jazz center a pop right to the face? That's basketball. This is great stuff, man. That's like people who ripped the hockey from the 70s. That's basketball from the 80s and 90s. We're coming right back. Peter Burns, SEC apologist or basketball guru or football guru? College. We'll talk college hoops, and we'll talk about the uh, the last dance, too. Stick around. We don't. Oh, man, look at that. Oh. It's 12 now. That all box wine is trash. <laughs> Not true, not true. No, if you're just having even Brad Dar, look at that. How about Brad Darty getting physical? Yeah. Anybody that wants to see these, just go on to at Rex Chapman, R E X C H A P M A N on Twitter, and I think he has it pinned. He's one of the, the greatest followers. It, it is a fantastic follow. No, he had he's had that posted. That's a pinned tweet from yeah, 2019. Um, from January is, a year ago. Well, he posted it from January, but then he repinned it right. again recently exactly. so that people could, since uh, the last dance, it's more applicable. Uh, play action reel, Miss Robin, did you hear I got a stay of execution? Who? Play action reel. He was going to be executed? You were going to be executed? Wait, what? Uh, no, I think he was going to be cut, kicked off Twitter probably. Right? Oh. I don't think he's waiting... Uh, execution there's no more death penalty in this country yeah really i'm not exactly sure what you're talking about but i think it's great news <laughs> whatever it might be um play action room. my wife is not leaving me for cliff after all but i have to remodel the house <laughs> well i think that's congratulations I mean, sometimes, you know, I won't say that. Never mind. <laughs> Jeff Bruder, you know, a big temple guy and a pit guy. Yeah. 
He says, I'm getting the wrenches out and getting them ready for a long weekend. Steve, you keep saying my, I'm a heartbreak. I don't have any control over the phones anymore. And we have guests scheduled at certain times. 420. Matt in Livermore, divorce might be cheaper. Mm. No. <laughs> I'm thinking no. No, it's cheaper Unless to you're keep Harry, um, it's cheaper to keep her, yeah. Um, real quick question. I had to plug in a different cord into my computer. I'm hearing a slight buzz. I'm sure that the guys are too. Any. I don't hear any buzz. No, you don't? Okay. I got a I just good, good sure beer buzz early in the morning, though. I just want to make sure it can't be heard out over tweet. It's it's sort of like a I don't hear it. A electrical you hear a buzz? buzz? All I hear is Robin not stopping and talking. I am so sorry, Tony Bruno. God damn it. I'll be more quiet. Uh, see, it, this is, it's... Oh, we have breaking news. The Texans have cut Tayshawn Gibson, Harry. <clears throat> to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry oh. Mays on Sirius XM 211. Ah, yes, indeed. Tony and Harry, Miss Robin in here. She's very uh, yappy today. Is that a bad term? I noticed that. Is yappy an insult or is that? <laughs> I think it can be taken. She's a chatty Kathy today. How I about am. that? You know why? Why? Well, you know that women have like 5,000 words that they need to get out a day on average, whereas men only have like 200. Wasn't that a book? I didn't get to get all my 5,000 words out over the weekend, so I'm like, they're built up. Is that true? Five thousand? I've never heard it's that. It's a before. theory. Did you yeah. just make that up? No, I've seen it before, but I think I like it. If I wasn't in radio, I probably wouldn't say two hundred words See? in a day. Me neither. Yeah. That's when I, when that's I don't have to point. talk, yeah. nobody goes into uh, into energy saver mode better more than I do. Oh, you are unbelievable. I could shut it down, but then when it's time to go on, yeah. I remember one of the first times that I called you on the phone. You were at, living out in California at the time when when uh, that program director put us together yes and i was supposed to call you just to sort of you know introduce you know myself and you know see what you want to do with the show you answered the phone it's it was like two in the afternoon like eastern time so i would have been 11 in the morning out mm -hmm. there you sounded like you were half dead <laughs> and i got to know that that's you yeah. when you're not on the radio you, remember I, like, I was getting up, up at 3 a.m I, I was know. getting up at 3 a.m to know. get to the studio by four to get ready to go on the air at five with andrew siciliano right and so the energy level, you know, you crank it all out. And right. then I would go to the gym right after the show, uh -huh. the radio show at 9 a.m. Pacific, and go to the gym, work out, and then go home. And then if I, wasn't doing, if I wasn't doing the best damn sports show, then I would have to go right there. So some days I'd go home and I'd chill. Right. You know, I lived in Venice Beach. I know. You, know, you look outside and you, but I you coined see the, the palm phrase trees and the swimming saver pools mode. And, for movie Tony. stars. Which is so appropriate, right? See, energy she's saver talking mode? again. Yes. <laughs> Now, we've been reviewing the uh, the draft, obviously, and I mentioned earlier when we had Andy ben Benoit on last hour, yeah. about 4 o'clock today, it's actually right now, is the deadline for these compensatory pick things. Okay. And so we are already now starting to see teams move away from veteran players, and the Houston Texans, your favorite coach down there, Harry, Bill O'Brien, mm -hmm. making moves. Remember last, uh, last March, a year ago from last month, Tayshawn Gibson got a three-year, $22.5 million contract. Mm. Today, he is out of here. So I don't know what the upfront money was, but obviously money. he did yeah. not collect $22.5 million. So wow. there's another veteran safety out on the streets. Mm. 
We saw a lot of defensive backs drafted in the in the draft this coming this past weekend. One of the guys <clears throat> that the Eagles selected, Kevon Wallace from Clemson, yeah. getting a lot of love. And you saw who gave him the most love, right? Uh, no. Brian Dawkins. Well, of course, he's another Clemson guy. Well, not only Clemson, yeah. but he was also a great safety. Well, yeah, for the Eagles. And when, yeah. the, and when you look at the Eagles' tra- track record drafting safeties, mm. it hasn't been very good. No, it hasn't. The last guy that they drafted that turned out to be a starter, and I'm not even talking about a great player. You know who it was? Nate Allen. That wow. was 10 years ago. He was Ohio State. Wasn't he Nate Allen? Uh, I, I believe he was. That's the last time the Eagles drafted Man. a safety that actually – Started, started as a safety because remember Sidney Jones, who they drafted a couple of years ago when he fell into their laps because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, hasn't really been healthy enough. Hasn't really people. He's another one of those guys. You're wondering, is he going to be good? Is he is he is he a bust? Yeah. And so you got a lot of guys, and there's a lot of players out there who are going to make the teams. You can quote me here. A lot of these draft picks may not make the teams. That's, I don't believe every single draft pick of the Eagles. That's a lot. Is going to be a starter. That's. How's that? <laughs> Well, you mentioned uh, all the wide receivers that were taken, 36 overall. You you said that. 13 in the first and second rounds. 23 of the 32 teams selected a wide out, and 10 teams selected at least two, with the Cowboys, Raiders, and Eagles taking at least three. Yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty amazing. We saw, I mentioned, we're going to talk to uh, Burns, Southeastern Conference expert. Peter Bird. Nine receivers came from the SEC. I know. Yeah. And he is without a doubt an SEC apologist, and I will tell him that when he comes on. It's not my style to call people out. Only 17 running backs were selected. That's the fewest since 2010. And only one in the first round. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid. Last pick. Yep, love yeah. that kid. You know what he said? You saw what Andy Reid said, right? He said, oh, you know, how he, you know why he decided to take the running back there? Uh, no. Because his quarterback said, take the running back. Oh, he did? Is that right? (laughs) Mahomes? Yeah, Yeah, Mahomes said, that's the guy I want. Go get him. Now, I don't know if Andy was serious, but, you know, and because that kid's the best pass catching running back in the, in the entire draft. Mm -hmm. And so who likes to throw the ball around to all the weapons that he has? Yeah. Pat Mahomes says, hey, that guy can pound the rock. But he also can catch the rock Screen and run passes, with it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it was the fewest trades since 2016, only 29 trades. Now, that you had to believe that that was because of this, the situation. No doubt about that it. That had to, to knock down the trades. And the other reason a lot of these big-time programs had kids go, because they were the players that everybody saw. Mm-hmm. And so this draft really hurt a lot of the smaller schools, and that's where kids get a chance to come in for workouts, private days. You know, the guys that you never see – who become these uncut gems, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so those guys were really hurt by the virtual draft this year because scouts couldn't go out and those kids couldn't come in for visits. And so we'll talk with Peter Burns, uh, Peter Burns about that. You know, Peter Burns and I have a – you know, we have a very special bond. Do you know that, Aaron? Uh, no, I did not know that. He may mention it when he comes on, but I won't ask him to mention it. You know what I'm saying? So here in Philly and in Green Bay – and, it, you know, you never hear Packer fans complain, Harry, about the Packers. Because the Packer fans live and die with the Packers. They're never going to question anything. They complained when Brett Favre went to Minnesota. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were up in And arms then Minnesota complained on that horrible throw that he made. Oh, yeah. That cost him a chance. To, you know, my boy over there, PA on the mic, didn't like that play either. You remember it. Lost to the Saints yes, in that and, game. And he threw the interception. Yeah. And he's like, what's he think? Remember, that's one of the great cuts of all time. Viking broadcaster. Paul Allen mm-hmm. on the mic. 
we got to find that. That is one of the greatest, greatest. Oh, my God, what's he thinking Yeah, that there? was the <laughs> NFC Championship Exactly game. right. Yeah. But anyway. Packer fans are complaining. Well, not just the Packer fans, the media. Mm. The media is giving the report cards today. You know, this team failed. Everybody agrees the Miami Dolphins did a great job. Yeah, I don't know how you can give grades the day after uh, you week can't. after that's the draft. That's, what, that's how we fill time, you, you even wait. when there is sports. You've got to wait three years. Exactly. I don't know if I can wait three years. I've got to wait 18 months for a vaccine, Harry. You think I'm going to wait three years to figure out whether these guys are stiffs or not? But, no, but I'm saying, like, the, you know, the 2017 draft, you could look back at all the teams – and what they did in the 2017 draft, and give them a grade. Exactly. Really? I'm bad at grading anyway. I use the curve. Mm-hmm. Although the curve flat the curve. Yeah. The, not only has the curve been flattened, but even guys with Peroni's disease have figured out that they've been flattened too. Oh, so we've got that situation taken care of. Is that of really a disease? I guess it is. Dennis Rodman on the Barstool podcast this morning mm-hmm. was that talking was about. Yeah, that's different. But if that you get a curb, that's an actual fracture. Yeah, but if you curb it yeah. and then you could break it, it's yeah. a, isn't it more fragile? I, I don't know. That's a get good question. Get Dennis Robin on the line. <laughs> i got to find out whether he has the curb, and that's why he broke it three times, according to that. Uh... <laughs> How about all the kamikazes he was whacking in that Oh, man. <laughs> and I love people who are complaining about the profanity. Uh-huh. Because on ESPN2, they were running the edited, bleeped-out version. Oh, they of, were? Yeah. So for people who couldn't handle the F word oh, okay. on ESPN last night watching The Last Dance, they had the cleaned up version on ESPN. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yes. No. Well, you know, Michael Jordan th- thought that he would, you know, come across to people in a very negative light from this. And four episodes in, I think he's incredible. Oh, yeah. People are loving I, Michael Jordan more than ever. Yeah. There's no doubt he's cementing his... His, his, his legacy is the greatest of all time. Now, I always thought Will Chamberlain was because Will Chamberlain in, made them change rules. I put big men in their own category. Though. Yeah, like but the, Will the, Chamberlain the was the most dominant. I know yeah. he didn't win the championships, and, but I'm had, telling you right now. What, do you have two? He was the greatest athlete of big men in the history of the NBA. And we're talking about in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. This guy was on the Olympic volleyball team. But this Jordan guy, had rules changed because of Yeah, but of that him was too. different. That was more of a joke about the Jordan rules. Although, if you watch the documentary, yeah. he didn't have any rules where guys protected him. No. Guys were going after him all the time. He was getting a hack shack Remember the yeah. hack shack right. That was just to send Shaq to the free throw line because he couldn't shoot free throws. Right. Jordan was getting hacked all the time, violently. Mm-hmm. Not just some ticky-tack foul because he was Michael Jordan. You had to keep your hands off him. Imagine LeBron getting beat up. Now, LeBron gets beat up, too. He gets, beat, he, up he gets too. beat up, too. Yeah. But then he, then he takes a dive even when he gets touched a little bit and forces a cheap foul. But you I, know what I'm saying? I, you know, I knew this happened when it happened, but it, you, seeing it again, that's what made him go into the weight room is like, I have to compete with this Detroit team. I want to lay some punishment on them. Exactly. I thought that was pretty cool. No, it's, it's great stuff. It really is. And, you know, I think even if there wasn't sports right now, that series on ESPN on Sunday nights is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Because what would they be showing? They would be early into the baseball season. Now, the NBA playoffs would be underway. And the hockey. And know. the hockey. But then baseball season, they probably would have a Sunday night baseball game. Right. But that's still something you could show, like, one hour instead of showing two at a time. Show mm-hmm. one hour every week. Yeah. Or show it earlier in the night. You know, show it 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Yeah, where well, they come on at 9 now, right? Yeah, they do 9, nine to 11. To 10, and then 10, 10 to 11. 11 exactly. Yeah. Uh, FYI, do you know how many rules were changed due to Will Chamberlain? Jordan rules? No, Chamberlain. Oh, well, uh, well, I know, the, I know the dunk. I know the height of the basket was changed because of it Will Chamberlain. It wasn't one. It wasn't two. It wasn't three. It was? How many? Oh. 
Four rules were changed. Four rules were changed. Uh, no, he, because of him, you could not do free throw dunking. Um, from the, the dunking free throws was banned right. because of him because he was able to jump from behind the free throw line and slam dunk the ball. <laughs> uh, Michael, you know, is that not so, I mean, crazy? Guys would actually try that. Oh yeah, back then we'll yeah. do everything, man. Dunking a free throw. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Dr. J did it, but that wasn't a free throw. That was him taking off from the top of the key yeah. and then being, I mean, one of the greatest posters of all time is that picture of Dr. J in midair yeah. with a tomahawk all oh, the yeah. way back because he's going, he takes off and leaps into the air and flies to the rim and slams that baby down. I mean, just think about that. Like, Dennis Rodman asked to take a vacation I know, in the middle of the season. That was load management uh, before it was cool. Exactly. <laughs> think about it. But he it. had multiple load management yeah. situations oh, yeah. to take yeah. care of. He had a lot of business to take care <laughs> and, of. And man. Michael's like, you give him 48 hours in Vegas, he ain't coming back. <laughs> like, he no, knew. Wait, Michael Jordan was the guy who would leave New York against the Knicks, get in a, get in a limo, and go to Atlantic City, yeah. or go up to, to, the, to the Connecticut. And play cards. To the, uh, to the Indian blackjack casinos. Whatever, right? To go, not even black, he'd play Baccarat. Oh, is that he right? He wouldn't play blackjack, he'd go into the private room. Oh, okay. Baccarat. He did that See, at, another at the French word. Is it Baccarat or Baccarat? Well, that's, no, it's Burt Baccarat. Oh, yeah. But it's Baccarat the game. It's Baccarat for guys like you. <laughs> right, And it's right. Baccarat. Trust me, Harry ain't going on any Baccarat <laughs> no, rules. No, no. Leonard Toast, Michael Jordan, no those sense. guys go into the Baccarat rules. Not me. I don't even know how to get in there. Exactly. Well, you have to you, – they're asking for an ID, and they want to see – how much credit you have. Exactly. Harry. You're not walking in there with $100 worth of chips <laughs> right. and sitting down at a table anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they widen the lane. I mean, there's so many things. Again, the good thing about Will Chamberlain, I got to see him play. And a lot of people didn't. And it was all black and white, of course. But Will Chamberlain, to me, is the greatest, not just greatest basketball player, the greatest athlete I have ever seen. I met him. I got to meet him too. Yeah, and uh, it was it was unbelievable. I bought his book, and he he signed. It was he was signing books at the, one of the Philadelphia bookstores. Mm-hmm. I waited in line on like a Saturday morning, and you got you know to say you know sign it to Harry or whatever. And he then he shook my hand, Tony. I swear oh. to God, his his fingers went halfway up my yeah, he, my forearm. A, he was wow. an absolute monster. Yeah, absolute monster. No, nowadays everybody's seven feet. Right. But this guy was an absolute beast, and a great great athlete. To me, the greatest all-around athlete it, that I've seen in my lifetime, going back 67 years. We're coming back. We're going to talk more draft. We go to SEC Maven, Peter Burns. If you don't hear enough SEC football, you're going to hear even more. That's coming up next. Stick around. Yeah, some of the things that uh, he, because of him, was changed um – in 1951, the NBA widened the lane area from 6 feet to 12 we- feet to try to diminish the dominance of George Mikan. Yep. Um, Another uh, it was local the, He guy. was the NBA's first great big man. Yeah, he was, he was um, a big white dude. Right. And then this, so it was commonly called the Mikan rule. But then in 1964, they decided that it was still not wide enough to stop Will Chamberlain. So they just widened the lane even further. The lane area was expanded from 12 feet to 16 feet to diminish Chamberlain's dominance around the rim by pushing him further out of the paint. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they because the key actually was, it looked like a key. So yeah. it was yeah. round at the front, and then it came in, mm-hmm. and the narrow part yeah. was behind it. And then they made it all the same yep. width all the way all through. All the way through. Exactly. 
And Carmen Electra, as Jeff Bruder points out, she invented the, the load management. Was that right? Yes. I think it was called the take-a-load management <coughs> back then. Um, oh. Because it will, offensive goaltending was banned. Yep. Um, the new rule said that no player can touch the ball if any part of it is over the cylinder. Exactly. So now it's called commonly called basket interference yes. because he was guiding teammates' shots into the hoop on offense because of him. And then, How do you think he scored 100 points one night? <laughs> and then um, the last one is no more inbounding the ball from the baseline by lobbing it over the top of the backboard to a teammate on the other side. Mm -hmm. That's one of his, his things. They were throwing alley-oop passes over the top of the backboard from behind it. <laughs> they should do that. They should bring that Damn. back. Damn. Yeah. That would make the game more interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of these these that would make the game more interesting, frankly. But um, uh, Buddy one for r on Twitter says, Dennis Rodman was first to address the issue of load management with his Vegas vacation. Yeah. That was load management. Unbelievable. How how long was Wilt Chamberlain's hand? Wilt it's not the length, Robin. Well, just remember, he had 20,000 alleged yeah. encounters, I'm which I broke down once on a show, on that, my WCAU show. Yeah, how many per day is that? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not humanly yeah. possible. No, it's no. just not. I no. mean, well, we figured no, out. No, it's not humanly possible. Well, we figured out that he had, to, there, was, there was orgies involved. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Yeah. There had to have been multiples on several of those occasions. So... Wilt's hand size, they were nine and a half inches in length and 11 and a half inches span. You know what they say. Wait, wait, wait. So it, it Me was, while I whip this out. <laughs> oh, 11 and a half inches from thumb. Yeah. So you're holding span. it like that. You got a okay, tape span. measure. I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> Give or take six inches. Damn. I'll get a, I'm going to get a tape measure. Hang on. I thought we had one here. I'm feeling warm now. I better give myself one of these, hey. Am I on my forehead? Mm-hmm. I'm 93 degrees in the shade. Uh. I got a low-grade fever. Now we have the gas coming on. Let me, yeah, let's see. From where now? Spread your, spread, that. spread your wings and fly. So that's seven and a half. Wait a minute, I'm going to spread it out. I'm seven and a half. What was his? Eleven. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. All the way to here. How short am I? Uh, you're four inches? Four inches short. That's not bad for a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the length from where now? <clears throat> Damn, my hand's almost as big as Will Chamberlain's. Hmm. I think we're even longer than that. Not centimeters. You know who else had huge hands? Uh, John Madden. Oh yeah, enormous hands. My I son shook Chris his hand too. It was like it came into my. Did you see? Did you see yeah. the picture that Chris sent me last night? I completely forgot about it. 
when they were little, and AJ and Chris were young, I, I took them out to L.A. for the Olympics when John Madden, we were out there covering the Olympics. And there's a picture of John Madden with my kids. Chris was three and AJ was five. In 84. Yeah. Wow. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. Ah, yes, indeed. During the break, Robin busted out the tape measure to see if my, how different my hands were from Will Chamberlain's. I was like, now on the span, the spread hand apart. Correct. I was four inches shorter. Yes. But that's been a problem for me my entire <laughs> life. That's not bad, but in the length of my hand, uh, right. I was what? Like, uh, a, like two inches seven short. Seven and a half inches, yeah. So his was nine and a half. So I'm only two inches shorter than Will Chamberlain. I find that hard to believe. I know. I think that nine and a half is underestimating the length of his hand. I agree. I agree. That seems that seems I mean, short. Kawhi Leonard's hands are longer than that. They called him pie plates. Now do we have a Peter Burns on the line? Is he called? Let's go to a man. We never really measured each other's hands, although we did measure a lot of things. We went out. Jesus. Back in the day, in San Antonio at the NCAA Final Fours in Los Angeles, and now he's risen to superstardom fame. And he didn't even follow me on Twitter, and I had to rip him last night, late night on Twitter. And then he had to finally realize why I was ripping him. I think he is a Texas San Antonio road runner, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. I believe so. Let's go to my man Peter Burns, ESPN, SEC Network, SEC apologist, and a man, of course, who actually was running wind sprints with the Eagles' first pick in the first round. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, baby. <laughs> Peter Burns. And, Peter, how are you, man? Good. And and nine-inch and seven-eighths uh, fingers over here, so I'm good. So it's uh, it's the motion of the ocean at two, uh, TV. And by the way, a big apology. Like, literally, I went to bed feeling horrible last night because my wife had already gone to bed, and I'm like, damn, the legend Tony Bruno, stone-cold lead pipe lock, beautiful Tony Bruno, I didn't follow on Twitter, and I'm like, how in the hell did that happen, man? I just, I was... I, I was stunned. I, because I, I saw you, I saw Andrew Siciliano, another guy I work with that you know and got to meet. And he's, yeah. you know, you guys are going back and forth on the Jordan thing, and I'm watching it, and I'm tweeting, <clears> and, and you guys, and then nobody's responding to me. So I'm like, tell, somebody tell Peter, but then I realized he wasn't following me. So I wrote, somebody tell Peter Burns ESPN that he's dead to me. Mm. And then a bunch of people did send that to you, and he said, yeah. what did I do? And I said, well, if I could DM you without having to say it on the, on the Twitch, on the, on the tweet, I said, well, if I, if, you were, if, I, if, if I could DM you, you would probably realize it. And then it finally dawned on him. And then, and then all is right with the world. We are back reconnected like we were, what, 20 years ago. And, of course, that was before even Jalen Hurts was even, I think, born. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that now he's going to be a, a dang Philadelphia Eagle. So, you see, we've come full circle, our relationship. Exactly. Now, you've done a great job. I mean, the SEC network's huge. You're like the face of the SEC now. You're the, you're the younger version of uh, what's the guy's name? Feinbaum. Yeah, yeah. Paul Feinbaum. You're Paul Feinbaum with hair and, not, and, and smaller ears. The ultimate compliment. Although I don't know if I pissed off as many people. Uh, although I did say yesterday on the SEC Network, what we need to do now is allow cursing. Because I'm watching the Jordan documentary last night, and I don't know if it's because Tony that it was on ESPN, so I'm not used to Jordan dropping f bombs. 
But it just, like, it cut through so much. And I'm like, can you imagine, like, we're just all broadcasting. There needs to be, like, any nighttime primetime game now should just allow the broadcasters to have a couple of cocktails, have a little tequila, maybe a cigar, like the old days, and just let out F-bombs whenever you want. I totally agree. I think people would then swarm back to sports (laughs) just to hear the profanities. Like everybody else does. No, you know, it's funny because that's when I responded to you because you were, you were expressing outrage that Jordan's dropping F-bombs on ESPN, but they had the sanitized version on ESPN, too. Right, right. Well, I, I had somebody go, somebody was offended by it. And I'm like, I mean, listen, like, I'm, I'm offended by cursing at any point if I feel like it's egregious, right? Like, you're just cursing to curse. But, like, I felt like every single time in the last dance yesterday, there was, a, like, when they, somebody dropped an F-bomb or something or cursed, I'm like, yeah, pretty much it deserved it. They deserved to do that to Isaiah Thomas for, for him, right? They deserved him that Craig uh, Elo was covering Jordan. Like, that's a curseable moment. Right. Yep. And somebody hit me up going, well, I can't believe there's so many curse words in this thing right now. I'm like, relax, dude. Just go to ESPN2. You can watch the, the, you know, the sanitized version of it. It'll be, uh, it'll be all good. Man, yeah, Ron, sure. Ron Harper had probably the best curse of the night, though, in my view. Oh. That was classic. <laughs> I mean, Lenny Wilkins, a Hall of Fame coach, is telling him, no, Elo's on Michael, and he's like, F this P.S. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right? I mean, like, no offense to Craig Elo, but you're thinking, like, and Jordan even talked about it. That's the dagger, the fact that Jordan's sitting there going, hey, man, the guy that I actually had problems with who gave me hell was Harper, mm-hmm. and the fact that Elo was on him. And, I mean, think about the butterfly effect of, if Harper D's up Jordan, Jordan hit, you know, gets in the air but misses a shot. Like two inches, how does that change everyone's life? Like, does Jordan ever break through again? You know, now the Cavs go on. I mean, it, it just, it's incredible, the butterfly effect. It's one little small coaching decision that you see in a documentary 30-some-odd years later. Exactly. And you weren't even born then, I don't think, were you? Uh, I'm an old man now. I'm 41. I've, I've uh, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a good run for me. It was a good run for me. You're, my sons, you and me, you and my oldest son are the same age. No wonder why I treat you like a child. No, I'm just kidding. Man. No, hey, does he follow you on Twitter? Uh, I don't think he's on Twitter. He's smart. Uh, you see? He doesn't get involved yeah. in this crap. Peter, I have to be on Twitter. Peter follows me on Twitter. Does he, he follow he was Harry following Mays? me before he was? How following are you following you? Harry Mays and not following me? It the was, first guy that ever put you on national radio, for God's sake. Yeah, but Harry's got better hair. Well, he does, yeah. He always wears hats, though. I don't understand it. Well, he's got, I haven't had a haircut in two and a half months. He's got an ESPN Originals <laughs> hat on today. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't even have one of those. And I was an ESPN Original on radio. All right, let's get back you to the draft good. now. I saw you, you know, you're, all your SEC, because you do a great job. And there's no doubt that when you look at the SEC and you look at the power conferences, Ohio State, and there's no doubt, I said this last hour, that the fact that a lot of the smaller college kids did not get a chance to do their, their pro days, the scouts couldn't go and look at these, you know, mine the miners, so to speak, and go check out a lot of the players who are those diamonds in the rough. That's why we saw even more domination by the superpower conferences. No, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. I had scouts tell me, Tony, that they're like, listen, we're going to go with the tape that we have, you know, where the scouts are really going to go and talk to these kids and bring them in for visits on the, you know, at Louisiana Tech or, you know, Florida International or something like that, is that, hey, we want this kid to come up. We don't, we don't see his game film. But, you know, when you get so many scouts that come to an SEC West game, right, like if it, let's say it's LSU, Alabama, it's littered with NFL talent, and so they have an opportunity to talk to those coaches, talk to the strength and conditioning coach when they go on campus, and see the tape, and it's good versus good. It's NFL draft pick versus future NFL draft pick, 
That's what the GMs were going to do. You knew that this draft was about playing it safe. That's why there wasn't as many trades this year because of the IT faction. And at the end of the day, all these scouts can justify their job because they can say, you know what, we saw this kid versus, well, we took a risk on a kid that we couldn't even get into our facilities during this pandemic. What's your take on on Tua with the Dolphins? Do you think that's a, a good fit, and you think he'll be a good pro quarterback? Freaking brilliant. I mean, again, I was surprised that the Dolphins didn't have to trade up to get him at three. I mm-hmm. thought that somebody like the Chargers would have to, to, to move up. I mean, listen, Tua, Tua is, is, is a damn gamer. And, you know, you look at the accident, you know, the hip injury, and I say accident because I liken it more to like a car freak injury deal than it was a traditional football injury. And the fact of when he got, um, you know, graded out that, hey, the physical was fine, it's perfect. And if I'm Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, Tua doesn't play a, a hardly a down this first year. I might play him a little bit of mop-up duty. I don't care what this year is. But the fact of the way that the roster opens up for the rest of the AFC East now, if you're Miami, you give Tua a little bit of time, make sure he's 100%, learn the game, don't rush him in. You, you got your franchise quarterback. There's a potential that that is the next Tom Brady, and I absolutely love that pick for the Miami Dolphins. All right, of course, the two most controversial picks involved the quarterbacks with the Eagles, first of all. That was in the second round, but the Packers in the first round. Now, are you as angry as everybody else to think that the, <clears throat> the Jalen Hurts can't play and it's a wasted pick for the Philadelphia Eagles that he's not really an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I'd be I, – well, listen, I no, I'd be angry if it was anybody other than Doug Peterson's offense. Like, if you put him in the Chiefs or you put him in, in Philly, where I think that Peterson is at least, as you know, Tony, is at least open-minded, will do different things, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it because you're going to get a kid uh, that's a hell of a competitor. He knows his role, and he's going to work hard. The problem is he's got to work through his progression on that NFL on the on the NFL level, which he couldn't really do at Oklahoma, he really couldn't do at Alabama. But no, I'm I'm not I'm not upset about that. I, honestly, I was more upset about the Packers drafting Jordan Love, and for everybody involved. Like if you're a Packers fan, you got screwed over. If you're Jordan Love, you got screwed over because now everyone's going to say they absolutely hated the Packers draft, hated it because Jordan Love. Like it's the greatest day in this kid's life. He's worked his ass off all of his life. To get to this moment, and every time somebody says Jordan Love in the draft, they're like, oh, look, with the Packers screwed up that draft. I feel bad for actually Jordan Love. How can you feel bad for the guy? He could be the heir apparent. Yeah, what, five years? Hey, I will tell you this. I will put a bet on it right now that Jordan Love is nothing more than trade bait. I I guarantee you Jordan Love will not throw more than 20 touchdown passes in his career. I mean, look at, look at the way the deal is. That's why I was so head-scratching is that if you land on a quarterback now with rookie deals, you're golden. You're minted, right? But if not, what are you going to do? You could at least wait in the old days until Brett Favre was gone. Aaron Rodgers, hey, listen, all right, now it's your turn, kid. But the way how friendly rookie contracts are, I swear I still think it's like a Garoppolo situation to where they got him, he'll learn a little bit, and then he'll be enough that people will say, all right, I need something. I, I need something different, and somebody will flip and trade for him. I guarantee you. Hey, Peter, what happened with Jake Fromm? Fromm got hosed by, by the offensive coordinator at, at Georgia last year, and it was almost unfair expectations. This is a kid that we thought would be in a first-round draft pick, the Georgia quarterback, and all-world. I was there at his first practice when Jacob Easton was the starter, mm-hmm. and this kid is an 18-year-old in Athens, Georgia, commanded the room. I mean, he is an absolute leader. The problem was is that when Kirby Smart um, lost their old offensive coordinator, uh, Cheney went out to Tennessee, 
He just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to put the quarter, I'm going to put this coordinator in his position who had never called plays before, and it, it hosed him. And I think that's the reason why he had so much little success this year. And I think that's the reason why he fell down to the, the fifth round. Peter Burns, a man who, along with Andrew Siciliano and I, were dancing in Tampa at a Super Bowl window to the wall." To the wall. All oh, night long, you were, man. You were singing a little John. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> that's when I. That's how I. That's how I groomed these young fellas, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I, I groomed him and Andrew Siciliano right. to be able to stay up all night well, oh, and party okay. but, like but it's totally. 1999 and it was 2002. <laughs> I think. Well, now we were we were going to Warren Moon's parties, but the only reason why full disclosure here, the only reason why Tony took me underneath his wing is because at that point. I, I was inside the fraternity or sorority that was the Hooters International Swimsuit Bikini uh, uh, Pageant Crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, I was able to pull, you know, like 20, 25 girls to all the parties. So I think that's why Tony at least took me underneath okay. his wing. Damn now right. now it's think all I'm stupid, man. Now it's all coming clear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, he was on the ticket to, down there in San Antonio. But that was your first on-air real radio gig, right? Hey, yeah, after I won the B. Andrew Siciliano ding for uh, for a day, I went down out there. I hung out with you, Pat O'Brien, um, oh Siciliano. That's and trouble. Then after, after I went to rehab for about three years after that trip, um, got the job in San Antonio, then went to Denver, and then uh, and then now I'm working uh, for the worldwide leader in SiriusXM as well, man. No, I'm, I love seeing the guys that, I, you know, Remember when they were starting? One of the, he had the same passion. Yeah. See, I saw the passion in this right. guy. I said, "This guy wants to do this." Are you in Charlotte? Is that where you're, you're out of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's we're in Charlotte. Thought. So okay. when when SEC Network Studios moved out here in 2014, and it's funny because the ACC Network really wanted to be here in in Charlotte, and I think the SEC had already planted their you know their flagpole here, and they're like, "Nah, ACC, you guys can um, yeah, we're, we're taking this, these studios over here." So. Uh, it's always interesting behind the scenes now how much, how much of a rivalry there is between conferences. And, again, the last couple of days, the SEC was just flipping dominant. And I actually, last thing I'll leave with you guys, because I know y'all got to run, I'm actually worried for the rest of college football because now, you know, I don't know how many of these, like Pac-12, Big 12 schools, how are they going to ever compete again on the same level as the SEC? I just don't see it, guys. Hmm. Well, yeah, I know you're an SEC apologist, but you know I lived in Alabama for a couple of years, and so I covered the SEC back in the day. So there's no doubt. And you know the Pac-12, with all due respect, man, they still can't get it right out there. Now that's a commissioner. That's, that's more. You know, I'd be. Lo- I'd love to see if if someone had replaced Larry Scott to get a fresh look at the Pac-12. Here's my prediction: It's sooner or later, one thing's going to happen. Either the Pac-12 needs to go to the Big 12 and say we need to merge and create a fi- like a four super power conference deal and where it's Big 12 plus Pac-12, or the Big 12 just needs to say, you know what, the hell with this. Uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and someone else, we're stealing you. Uh, We're taking you away. And I think ultimately that will happen. I thought it was not going to be until 2025 because that's when the college football playoff will likely expand. But now with this pandemic and, you know, everything that's up in the air right now, especially with different budgets, it may happen sooner than that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but you got to give like a team like Oregon credit for scheduling an Auburn. You know, I mean, they did everything they could, you know, except win the game. No, and and, actually, and here's the deal. 
even the fact that they lost that game and it was close, mm-hmm. as long as they would have – I can't remember who they lost because it feels like it was eons ago. I can't remember it was not Utah, but they lost to someone late into the season, and they controlled their own fate at that point. So, right. you know, even at the loss to Auburn actually helped them because then they were able to say, all right, yeah, the Pac-12 was weak this year, but at least the strength of schedule was solid because they played a good solid SEC squad. And I think that's a good thing about the college football playoff is we're going to get a lot bigger – you know, um, you know, big time like LSU, Texas, and and big time rivalries mm-hmm. like that. When the college football playoff eventually expands, Peter Burns. Now I got to ask you this because I saw that the uh, the interim president at LSU today says that there's a uh, he, he now there's a dozen schools that have announced that they're absolutely planning in person classes this fall. This isn't for the athletes. This is for the the student regular body. student body, okay. right? And not sure. and the, some of the larger classes will still remain online. And a lot of people are talking about college football coming back. Some people are saying it's not going to be played until next year. You follow this very closely. This is your life. Do you think we'll see college football this fall? We will see college football this fall. And I say that with a caveat is I don't know if it starts in September, but I do believe now more so than ever, with especially the, the news that's come in the last couple of days with classes being scheduled and being coming up in the fall, I think it's more for like an October, like an early October. I think Tony will end up shifting the first month of the season back, and that way it still works with the NFL calendar. Because you guys know the NFL ain't changing. The NFL is going to change. Their league. They're not going to change their league year or their draft or whatever. And so I do think we'll see football in the fall. The problem is, though, if it falls all the way back to, to January in the spring, you won't have guys like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and the big draftable guys. They ain't playing spring football. I can tell you that right now. Hmm. I mean, nobody playing spring spring football. <laughs> Not the uh, unfortunately, neither is the uh, the the now defunct spring oh, football league, the XFL, league, the, XFL yeah, yeah. the USFL, and the AAF, and all these other leagues. Man, nobody can compete with the NFL, and it's it's unfair. It's unfortunate for the you know for the return of the XFL because I thought they were doing okay, and they just got wiped out by the coronavirus. That entire league, and it's sad because there were a lot of good players in there, but at least they're being absorbed into the NFL, many of them, including our Temple guys. I know you don't give the, uh, oh, yeah. the Northeastern schools credit, man. Temple hey, University. I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think Temple had more players drafted in the last couple of years than Nebraska and Miami combined. Yeah. So seriously. Like, exactly. Don't sleep on the Owls, baby. Well, here, here's a nugget for you. In the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic FBS programs with multiple selections in five straight drafts, it's Temple, and that's it. Wow. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> What, what is impre- it's almost as impressive when I used to play NCAA football on PlayStation and I would pick the worst team, which was Temple, and I would take them to a dynasty national championship. <laughs> you and Bruce Arians, so baby. He, he was Matt Rule before Matt Rule. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Peter, if I get down there to Charlotte and I got golf clubs, can you get us on Quail Hollow? You got that kind of pull? Yeah. I do have that pool. I didn't, I didn't want to brag about it, but it is a humble brag. You want to play pool hollow, we got that taken care of. See what happens, Harry? Anybody associated with me usually rises to the top, <laughs> and I'm still here schlepping in my wine cellar in South Philly. No, I'm really proud of you and happy for you, man. Thanks so much for coming hey, on, Peter. Let's do this more often, boys. Uh, Harry, keep him in, uh, in line, all right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There he is, Thanks, Peter Pete. Burns, down there on the SEC Network at ESPN. Some quality college football chatter right there, Harry.
Yeah, man, I, I like I like that guy. He's good. He's he fills in for Feinbaum sometimes. I know he is. Show. He's great. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it when he was hanging out in the studios. I, I saw it when I met him in in San Antonio at the Final Four. You think I was just picking up chicks at this and going on the river walk and making out on one of those slow moving boats around? Now, how long ago was that? Which like, it had to be what. Oh five, oh four. Oh, okay. So you know him fifteen plus years. Oh yeah, huh? that was okay. around. That's when the San, when the final four was in San Antonio, and it's a great four, final four. Oh, city, it is. By the way. I was there. Now, for Tony, one. your good friend Dean on Twitch is saying that he has video evidence and photographic evidence of the good time that you had back then. That was in Tampa, though. Dean only has tape of Tampa. He doesn't have tape I, of San Antonio. I don't know. He has tape. Even AJ in San Antonio doesn't have tape, and he lives there. <laughs> When I was down there in Santa. No, we had a lot of fun, you know. That's when you go out and you work hard, you party hard. Yeah. You know, and I was younger then. I Could wonder party if, all night long. I wonder if Peter thinks of you as his crazy uncle just like Siciliano does. Probably. <laughs> that was a term of endearment, <laughs> yes. though. He, oh, meant that, he meant that in a good way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and now I'm too old for all that stuff. No, I can still out party those guys any night of the week or weekend, Harry. That's why I'm in the in the Hall of Fame. Not of broadcasting, but of staying up all night and then going right back to work the next morning. We have open lines. If you want to call in and talk, 215-462-TONY. 215-462-8669. Fixing all the world's problems. It's Tony and Harry. And Miss Robin, too. Yeah, Peter's great. Last time he called in, he wasn't quite as enthusiastic. This was awesome. McMullen gets ripped, and he's not even I on know. the show. You see this? <laughs> yeah, great interview. I Better know. than McMullen. <laughs> My God. People. People. <laughs> McMullen gets crushed, and he's not even on I the know. show. Yeah. It's <laughs> I don't know if that's a running joke or. <laughs> Unlike McMullen, unlike Aguilar, that guy. Yeah. It's going to be unlike McMullen now on this show. Wow. And by the way, Dean, that son of a bitch. What, what did <laughs> he do now? Wrote, and then Jeff Bruder agreed with him. What? Which one? Are you talking about? The one he says where he says, uh, I follow Tony, but I have him on mute. And then Jeff Bruder writes. Oh, help. on Twitter? No, on, on our Twitch stream. Yeah, Mc, No, no, Dean. he's talking about Twitter that he no, follows No, no, no. He says, I, he, on the Twitch stream, he says, I follow you on Twitter. He follows me, but I have him on mute. And then Jeff Bruder says, in response, I have to mute him a couple of times as well. LOL. Wow. Yes. McMullen you, Philly hack, says Dean. So that what that means is that they follow you on Twitter, but they just don't have all of your stuff coming over constantly Why? on their, Twitch, on their it, Twitter Why? stream. It's a joke. We love McMullen when he isn't on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people. Jesus. That's ridiculous, man. Oh, Jeff Bruder says, when the retweets get going, I need to mute it from time to time, which is understandable because sometimes you get, you know, the hundreds of retweets. I don't get that many retweets. Well, no, but there when... people with 20 followers who <laughs> get more retweets and likes than I do. That's because they pay for it. We've no, already they established don't. this. No, they don't. No hack with 40 followers is paying to get retweets and likes. They do because they want to get more. Pat Kinnean explained the algorithm. The algorithms have changed on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I got a headache now. Do you? Uh oh. 
Do you uh, need a? It's one of the first signs of COVID nineteen. <laughs> no, loss no, of smell and taste. That's one of the first signs taste. of Robin driving me crazy all morning. Loss of taste and smell mm -hmm. is the first one taste of the first signs, right? I made more um, pumpkin muffins, by the way, if anybody wants any. I need another one now, I think. You need one? Okay, I'll go get some. Anything? Uh, anybody else need anything? Oh, no, by thanks. the way, you mean I don't create new Twitter content? That's bullshit. <laughs> you know who does that? <laughs> and I love him. Rex Chapman. Oh. Rex Chapman isn't his own content. No, I know. He just repurposes other Exactly, stuff. and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, when do we want um, uh, Mertidis on this week to give a hockey update? Later in the week? Well, whenever we, you know. Whenever we need a guest. More people on Twitter aggregate than create original content. I'm the one who posted yesterday about I'm glad my mom is not in a nursing home right now at age 96. Because the problem with nursing homes is there's not a lot of medical f people in there. Nursing homes are basically like daycare mm -hmm. for old people. Because I've been in some. Yeah. When my brother-in-law was in one, the people who work there are not all nurses. There's not even a doctor on staff except a certain time of the day. So if something emergency happens, the other biggest problem is those people are allowed to go home, which because it's their job. Mm -hmm. They go home at night and then come back the next day, and nobody knows if they're positive. So if they're positive and, and, and a 95-year-old person gets infected, they're dead. Right, huh? Yeah. They're dead. Well, how about what they did in New York? They took COVID patients I know. to the nursing that home. That son of a bitch, uh, Cuomo, all he does, everything he does is right. He's, he's made a lot of mistakes, too. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. You know, during this uh, pandemic, Harry, a lot of people don't know what day it is anymore, whether it's Monday or Friday. Every day feels like a Monday to some, especially right. if you're, you know, down in the dumps. You don't have a job. You don't have money coming in. You don't care about getting a job or you lost a job. You don't know if you're going to get it back and all the other things that weigh on people's minds is the fact that there's a lot of people out there looking to go out, as we talked about earlier. But this Friday, people are looking forward to for the first time in a long time. Because it's May 1st, and at least here in Pennsylvania, we've seen other states already start this, where things are going to be opening up. Not everything. In Pennsylvania, Harry gave you the story earlier, marinas, golf courses, private campgrounds are going to be opening mm -hmm. up. And that'll help a lot of people. You know, people have boats on lakes. It's not everything's in the ocean. There's a lot of lakes in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of people who have boats. They want to go out and... Catch some nice bass. Well, you've been able to fish. Like, you were yeah. able to go to streams and fish. Right, but you can't, couldn't take a boat out into a big lake or a big right. pond or someplace. Mostly lakes, and there's a lot of lakes. And that was one of the other arguments about golf. Like, what is the difference between standing 10 feet from a guy in a stream in your hip waders yeah. trying to catch a trout or out playing exactly. on a golf course? And that's the so. biggest problem that I've had with the government officials determining what's essential and mm -hmm. not essential and not essential in every state. Shouldn't essential things be the same in every state? How is it not essential in one state, but mm -hmm. essential in another state? Right. That's the problem. I get all the other stuff about the numbers. People don't know what's right, who's dying, how many people died, how many of them are really COVID-19 deaths. All of that stuff will be sorted out. The bottom line is, if, if going to a, a garden center and buying seeds or hoses is not essential, mm -hmm. that's nuts. 
That is nuts. That was Michigan, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the governor of Michigan, who I think is the worst governor in the country. Bar none. That woman is a that woman is a disgrace. Well, the other thing to that anybody doesn't make in any, elected office. The other thing that doesn't make sense. If you can go to a Target or a Walmart, yeah. and buy whatever it is that is available there, why wouldn't you be able to go to any other store? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm in I'm in Lowe's, but I can't go into the seed area. Yeah, there. you couldn't get grass seed. or I something, know, not right? even grass seed. I got to draw. I got to start. I can start my tomatoes. I got to start my my vegetables here. Right. I don't have a massive farm, but I got stuff growing out there. Not even weed. I sat out on the front porch on Saturday evening and smoked a cigar. Did they come by with the air horns and tell you to get inside the house? No, they did not. Did the stormtroopers come by like in Star Wars? They don't come up my hill. They don't come up there? No. It's too steep. It's too steep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Pat. Pat? Harry got his booze. Now, did you get your booze order, Harry? We got especially it's for here. you. Did you look at the box, make no, sure I, everything was in there? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's all intact. The great, our great source. They made it. Yes, Pat. They made it up the hill. They made it up the hill for his booze, huh? That's right. No, no, Harry. I, I, the boo, I got the booze. Oh, the booze delivered is here. here. Yeah, the booze is here. Harry didn't even have to have oh, the guy okay. schlep up his hill, but he, uh, we got it delivered here <laughs> Sunday in a pouring rain. Right. Now you gave him the tip, right, Robin? For just a second. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. And no, I just I had a I just had a you know thing with this second round pick. I mean, trying to just be devil's advocate, but on the positive side. But I mean, I just watched today the Saints just re-signed their backup Swiss Army knife quarterback to a two-year extension, seventeen million guaranteed. So. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe this guy turns out to be that. And, I mean, obviously, you know, they wouldn't be signing the guy to $17 million guaranteed if it wasn't working for them. Yeah, but you know what? You know where he was drafted? He wasn't. Where? He was an undrafted where? free agent. So what? So if you, you didn't waste a, a draft good. pick on him. It's not about wasting a draft pick. If you hit on a second-round pick and, oh, by the way, are you going to bring back what's-his-face who's been here for five years and can't play? Who? The kid that, that looks like Nick Foles. Sudfeld? Yeah, yeah he's coming Sud- back. What's he coming back for? Dude, I, I got news for you. Jalen Hurts is not going to be ready to be the backup and quarterback. And again, I don't, it's not a personal thing. Nate Sudfeld is not, is not a backup quarterback. They don't even use, they were using a guy who was playing with broken ribs last year in the playoff game. Yeah, he was 40 years old. 40-year-old yeah. guy who can't play. So that tells you that Nate Sudfeld can't play. I want a guy who's, who's able to play if you need to put him in there. Plan is to get him on the field this year as that Swiss Army type exactly. quarterback. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what round you drafted him in. Again, this thing's just paying seventeen million guaranteed dollars for Scott. So there's obviously a reason they're doing that. It works for them. Why can't it yeah. work for us? Well, the, also their quarterback is forty years old. Carson Wentz is twenty-seven. But it he does, just you gave him sixty-six million dollars guaranteed. If any fan base now realizes, take him off the field. If there's any fan base that realizes the importance of a backup quarterback, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Without Nick Foles, now, now Foles knew the system, and he went, yeah. came here. He went back and forth. But the bottom is, bottom line is, when Nick Foles goes anywhere else, he can't play. He stinks. Yeah. So he fits the system, and you know why? Because Doug Peterson and these guys know how to make him fit a assist. Do you think that you think that Taysom Hill is just a guy who goes in and plays one play? He lines up at wide receiver. That's what they can do with Hurts. They can move him everywhere. Exactly. He doesn't have well, to sit on the bench holding a clipboard for two years before he takes a, makes a play. Between Jalen Hurts and the other three or four receivers they've got, hopefully they get one that can play. Well, that's what they're looking for. <laughs> but all these people going crazy about Jalen Hurts, and he's not going to be – he's going to take him five, year, five years from now. They're not talking about five years they'll, from now. They'll trade him within f- three years. 
I think that's the, the end game. I think the key is you, have, you, you can find a way to get him involved in the game, just like Taysom. Everybody goes crazy. They orgasm when yeah. Taysom Hill goes in the, in the damn game. Have you watched uh, J- right. Have you watched Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma at all? Huh? I saw every game he played at Alabama and Oklahoma. Does he look every like one. a guy who can't play? I don't think he's a, a, he's a backup. Yeah, we, that's yeah. why you have him. Yeah, but I don't, guy... I don't take a backup in the second round. That's just me. But he can also open up the playbook this year, Harry. He exactly. Can get on the field this year, and get, and they just like I said. Seventeen million dollars. They're not throwing seventeen million dollars out, Harry. It wasn't working. Would right. you rather have Joe Flacco? Payton. Would you rather have Joe Flacco, who's older than me and can't move? No. No, I'd rather have uh, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton as a backup. Not Dutch Dalton. <laughs> not Dutch. No, <laughs> no, he's no longer one. with us. That's good. The great Dutch Dalton. <laughs> See how it always ends? We just yelled at each other, and then and he both. goes Dutch Dalton, and it ends in left. How many other Daltons can you come up with? The Dalton gang. How about Doolin Dalton? I don't know Doolin Dalton. That's a song by the Eagles. I don't know that one. Yeah. Is that one of their fringe hits? No, I think it's kind That's of. That's a B-side, It Harry. is. It is. Come it's on, a, man. It's we don't fringe. Do, it's a fringe. Um, <laughs> and of all the great songs. Yeah. Well, you said Dalton. Sheepers. <laughs> Don't the, forget Timothy Dalton. Oh, yeah. Timothy right. he, Dalton. Was Bond. It, wasn't he, a, he was a Bond guy. He, for, he did like two Bond movies. Yeah. He wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. Timothy Dalton, Mount Rushmore of Bonds. Does he make it, Harry? No. 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 Not even Not close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. Pat, make sure you get to the liquor store. Get in line and uh, don't get angry. Friday. I got Friday. Monday, I got Friday on my mind. Remember that song, Harry? Oh, yeah. Who did that? Easy Beats. The Easy Beats is right. How about that? That's an old song. And how old are you, Josie? 37. 37-year-old man can pull the Easy Beats right out of his buttocks. It's like that a right 60-year-old right inside a 37-year-old body. Give yeah. me a little taste of the Easy Beats. But that also, can you, you know, that gives us... Their brother was, or their brothers were in ACDC. I'm trying to think of, he passed away recently, was the guitar player in the For the Easy Beats? Yes. Who did, who did uh, Monday I Got Friday on my mind? Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Who was so, in ACDC? The Malcolm, it's Malcolm another Young. Malcolm, or another young brother was in the Easy Beats. Angus Young and Malcolm Young had another brother that was in this yes. band? Yes. He also produced some of their earlier records. Wow, that is deep knowledge. Wow. This is not. This is a. This is a fringe. This is reason. Easy Beats Friday on my mind. Nah, this is a live version. It stinks. I want the. I want the original Broadway recording. I want the original 45 on vinyl. I don't want any of these remixes or bad live versions, repurposed stuff. I want the originals, Robin. I don't want B sides. Kristen Dalton. Yeah, Robin getting an earful today. <laughs> there we go. Listen yeah. to this. Listen to the listen to the guitar work in this. This isn't even the original one, but this will do. Were these guys Brits or were they American? Australia, actually Scottish. Then, well, some are Scottish and moved to Australia. Oh. That's pretty good, Tony. He's getting better. I know. 
Are you taking drumming? I'll get uh, David to give you drum lessons. Oh, God, he would love it. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, wait, do I need... This show has gone off the rails like Richard Pryor and Silver Street. Jesus! Okay, Tony, you can do your uh, get yeah, yeah, that's not the drum version. lesson. That's not that's the not, version that, that's that I not, remember. That's not the uh, yeah. Radio 45 Top 40 uh, radio version. That, but that's still good. They sounded yeah. good even on a, re, a live version in a club. You know wow. what this is from? This is from the '60s, Volume Two. Mm. That's one of those late-night albums, I'm K-tel. sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Compilation easy records. Beats. I gotta give Joe C credit. Man. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a good poll right the there. Pull the easy beats, just like that. Yeah. There was another song Robin had earlier this morning, and I didn't even know this one. And, you know, and I, I fancy myself a guy who knows all the genres, mm-hmm. country. Right. And we were talking about uh, somebody posted a map of the United States this morning, and it's showing all the beach, the coastline of the United States, yeah. and how many states have reopened beaches to some extent. Mm-hmm. Like in California, the Orange County, Southern California beaches are open, but they're not in L.A. County. But there's still a beach. I mean, there's a lot of beach in this country. And so somebody posted a picture, because in the map, it shows Arizona, the bottom of Arizona with a beach. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, where's the beach in Arizona? Mexico Beach is what that's I called, I think. Some oceanfront property, Harry. Now that's the great George Strait. Yes, it is. Not only did I know this song, I was able to sing it right away. I I, like the lyrics just came to me. Good. Does not happen often. (laughs) He's gonna throw in the Golden Gate in free, Harry. And now, so I was joking with a guy who lives in Arizona who wasn't following me. And I was going back and forth with him. I said, hey, I was at the Montezuma's Well mm-hmm. in, the, in the high desert over the weekend, and it was elbow to elbow there. Or one of my other favorite beaches in Arizona, and that, of course, is Slide Rock State Park. Mm-hmm. And there's that, there's that area where you slide down the rocks, and it's right. a natural formation. And, in fact, that's where Walt Disney got ideas for some of his parks. That's right. And you slide down these rocks in the crowd. The water's cold. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. It's too damn cold. But it feels good in the summer. So you're blocking George Strait in the Easy Beach. You're not getting that on any no. other sports show. I guarantee you that. <laughs> Coming up in the next hour, we will go deep inside the last dance again with a man who was there in Chicago. Jay Mariotti's going to join us. More of your calls and the fun will continue. Tony and Harry... Another hour of bliss. If something happens and some other state decides to open, you'll hear it here first in your official pandemic radio station sensation, Tony and Harry, and even Miss Robin. A little feisty today. <laughs> Calm her down. Did you see this over the weekend? Is that real? The, about the snow? Yeah, I don't a know. A ski resort I, in Florida? Like, see, I think it's I, I, fake. I, I, That's yeah. got to be fake. I don't know if somebody put the fake gif over the CNN. I can't tell anymore because CNN puts up such weird stuff. You I don't know. know if it's really theirs or somebody photoshopped it. It had to be photoshopped. Now, you saw this, right? The new. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, uh-huh. they're going to open up uh, but, facilities so there's, in certain there's cities. The following restrictions would apply. No more than four players will right. be permitted. You saw all that, right? And they're going to do it in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think that's because Georgia's already is releasing open. it. Oh, speaking of NBA, um, Conlon sent the oh, wait, wait, wait. Scott Hastings cuts. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's following me now, Scott Hastings. So I have, I like that guy. I have two cuts for him if you want something. 
It is pretty amazing. Well, you know what's interesting, though, with all the guys that Tony has helped make, he, he, didn't, he didn't make them good. You know, like he recognized that there was talent there, and then he just helped open a door. And then they all, all the one thing that I've noticed about all of them, they were all really great go-getters. Like they had the drive. They wanted to make it happen. And you think, but I, I've been meeting so many of them throughout the years now, and that's the one thing that they all have in common. They, they didn't rely on just Tony. Obviously, he helped them and he opened the door, but then they all had a lot of drive to make it going and keep, keep on. But they all, they all, to the person, credit him for where they are today. Yeah. Right on a, I, isn't it on a golf course? Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, right, right. But there is a golf course where, I think he's, the, and he's by a lake too. Yeah, we have an open invitation. The Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. Tony and Harry having fun. And if we're not having fun, then there's something wrong with us. We're excited here in the state of Pennsylvania where we are broadcasting from. Philadelphia hasn't uh, gotten their act together yet, but at least the governor of the state, Tom Wolf, earlier today announced that the state will reopen partially on this Friday, May 1st. Other states are saying, no, no, no. We're going to go to May 15th. New Jersey, they may go to the end of the summer before they open things up. And Governor Murphy's going to have a lot of hell to pay if he forces people to stay inside into June, Harry. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the deadline for the stay-at-home order is still May the 8th for Pennsylvania, but golf courses and, and marinas, marinas and, are and open private campgrounds. Yeah, right. Right. As opposed to public. I mean, now there's because I saw a guy on the news saying that, you know, if you want to go hiking through all of the national wilderness mm -hmm. areas, mm -hmm. that they're open. Right. They're not closed. You oh. can go hiking in, in the woods. Oh, the and trails stuff. apparently are packed in the suburban Philadelphia yeah. area every weekend. And but it's all over the within, country. You Even when they're packed, you're still not congregating within six feet. I mean, you're oh, still. Oh yeah. It's it's. From what I'm told, there's a there's not a good social distancing oh, really? going on on the trails. That badly. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's how the people who, who freak out about this stuff. You people are crazy. You're killing us. You know. You know why we're not killing you? Well, first of all, I'm not going out without a mask, and I'm not wandering around, uh, infecting people because I don't even know if I have it. Is if you stay home. Mm -hmm. See, if you're at home and you don't like people going out then you know how you don't get it? You continue to stay at home. Mm. And then those people who are outside won't infect you. Right. Isn't that common sense logic? Now, I just found out that a buddy of mine tested. He got tested this weekend. He's had it. 
No. Yeah, he Wait had a minute, it. you may be infected, Harry. Is no. this breaking news? Well, this was. I was actually in a car with this guy for an hour and a half each way down to Atlantic City to play golf on May the March the fifteenth. He started feeling the symptoms like a day or two later after that trip, and just got tested, and he did have it. How do you wow. know you didn't give it to him? I don't know. Well, he, but Harry could have had it. I, I could have, and not know about yeah. it. I think I, I want to get tested. I do too, but yeah. I, you know what? You know what's good? I want the antibody test. Mm-hmm. I don't want this other one where they they take a swab in your nose and then you send it to uh, LabCorp and they for one hundred twelve dollars they send it back to you a week later and tell you whether you have it or not, because by the time that's thing it's over. You already either have it or you don't have it. Right. But then you can have, you can get it the next day after you get a test. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I want to know the antibody test to me is the most important one. Right. Because it, it, it will tell whether you've had it or not. Right. And I don't know if it means that you can't get it again. But if, if I had it and I know I survived it, and I'm in that age where you worry about you know anybody over 65. Right. You're feeling pretty good. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, earlier, though, I thought I felt some chest congestion earlier because I think everybody gets that. Ooh, I, I think it's I have one of the somatic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, oh, my God. And I'm not a hypochondriac. Right, Robin? You're not. She's shaking her. I'm not I a hypochondriac. Like I got all kinds of things. I've had three surgeries last year. I had my eye. had a cancer removed from my eye two years ago. So mm. don't give me any of that crap, Robin. I'm not going to tolerate your crap today. Now, I'll tell you that right now. Now, here's the, the incubation period for, the, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Anywhere between two days and, two, and weeks. two weeks. Yeah, two and 14 days. Yeah. 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 I haven't used that in a while, that line. That's got to be on a shirt, too. I think that's a good shirt. What's that? I'm not going to tolerate your crap today. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Right? I'll write that down. Yeah, that, that was famous from years ago with you. I said that to some radio guy who's now losing Keith, in the ratings. if you're locally. listening. <laughs> I'm not going to tolerate. And I said that emphatically. It wasn't even a planned line. No, it wasn't I know. A bit. It was an outburst. I think I have it in here somewhere. You do? Yes. We have an NBA update. Speaking of the NBA, Jerry, Jay Mariotti is going to join us this hour. Longtime Chicago broadcaster, TV host, writer. He was there in Chicago back in the day where the last dance was going on. Not the uh, last waltz by Engelbert Humperdinck. You remember that one? Well, or, or the band. I think of the last waltz as the band. No, it was uh, Engelbert Humperdinck had the big, bigger version of it. I think mm-hmm. it was a bigger hit here. You don't remember Engelbert Humperdinck? Yeah, I remember. That's it's crazy. Now, I'll have the last waltz. The last waltz, the very first one that comes up, Tony Bruno, is the band. No, yeah. the band did a yeah. version of it, but nobody made it. Nobody did it better. Well, it was a wreck. It was a live film. It was a concert right. film. I know. I was a big band guy. By Martin the band Scorsese. Being, you know, the band had it. Did you see the documentary on the band on mm-hmm. Netflix? Yeah. They're credited with being probably the most influential band of all time. One and of coincidentally, them. they're called the band. Right. Now remember, man, this was panty dropping music yeah, this back is in Engelbert, the day. Yeah. Remember when you had Tom Jones and women throwing panties at him? Yeah. And then there was Engelbert. Now same my guy. question is, are they taking their underwear off and throwing it, or do they bring extras no, I think to they throw? Bring extras. They bring extras yeah. to throw at the stage. No, I think they took always, them off. They might be going commando when they walk in, and then they just bring another pair in their purse. Listen, to, listen to this. Listen these to these questions sounds. that I was wondering. I have the last walls with you. Not anymore. You got a social distance. These two guys, Engelbert Humperdinck, 
and Tom Jones. Tom Jones was cool. And he's still performing. And now yeah. people are throwing, like, their depends at him on stage. <laughs> the same women who grew up watching him are now throwing, like, girdles and, and granny panties up there. What kind Those of a gigantic name? gigantic ones. Is Engelberg. That's not his real name, you know. How, why would you choose yeah, that? Yeah, well, how do you how do you get to that? Because you, because it's Humper Tom Dick. Jones was too easy to remember, so he didn't want to use his real name, so he made it more schmaltzy. Right. Oh, okay. But he was still he's still a great singer. He's still alive. I know Tom Jones is. Right. Engelbert Humperdinck's real name, Robin. I need an answer to that, please. Engelbert Humperdinck was born Arnold George Dorsey. Arnold George Dorsey just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't have that same <laughs> wow. ring. Arnold. I mean, of all the names Arnie to come Dorsey. up with. Arnie Dorsey. You don't get that anywhere else. He's still, uh, he has a concert tour. Who, Engelbert? He's a 2020 Brit. tour. Is he coming to Parks Casino? Because they all do the local casinos. That's the best thing about all the casinos once they finally reopen. All the showrooms in there. Right. All these great acts are still out there performing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did no. you know that um, Engelbert Humberdink is a Brit, but he was a Indian Brit? Is like that right? He's part British Indian. I did not know that. Yeah. See, even we learn on this show every day, Harry. Mm. Coming up now, there's NBA news, and it's breaking NBA news, Harry. And people are wondering, you know, hockey, is it coming back? Hockey is talking about doing the thing in multiple cities to try to finish the season. But the NBA breaking news, Harry. <laughs> NBA, the NBA will be opening team practice facilities in states that have started loosening their stay-at-home orders, right. like the state of Georgia, one of the first. That doesn't mean all the players can go down there and start warming up in Atlanta, but the training facility in Atlanta, as long as the players who are on teams can train in a safe, professional environment, so no group workouts or OTAs involving the whole team, but say a player for the Hawks wants to go in and work out, doesn't have a home gym, right? Doesn't can't go into a regular gym because they're all closed. But they pushed this now to Friday the 8th, not the 1st. Okay, so Friday the 8th. They moved it back a week already. Okay, because I saw the earlier back. story. So this is even more the latest breaking news. Yeah, they're getting pushed back. Apparently Mark Cuban was on record as even saying that they're not ready for this yes. yet. No, he's been very vocal. He's yeah. been the one that says, no way, I'm not going into a restaurant. All these restaurants in Dallas and Texas that are opening up, they're stupid. You know, there's no way we can make sure everybody's okay. Mm -hmm. So he's been outspoken. So obviously he was one of the owners who didn't think this was a good idea. Right. But now what's the, the newest thing is, so starting May 8th, will it be just Atlanta, Georgia, or will it be – because I can't, okay, now you opened it up now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, so the potential rule changes allow teams to make their practice facilities available for use to the team's players for workouts. And it's all voluntary right. for the players. Or treatment on a voluntary individual basis if the team's facility is in a city that is no longer subject to the government restrictions. For any team due to a government restriction, for any team that is under government restriction, it's prohibited from making its facility available for mm -hmm. use by the team's players. The leagues will work with the team to identify alternatives. For example, most of these players, everybody assumes they all have their own gyms at home, and not all and of them do. And they don't. Do. Not a, no. We it, saw that on the, on the, uh, on the, on on the, the horse, horse competition. competition. They're outside in the backyards. So right now, the Sixers facility is in Camden, New Jersey, right. and New Jersey's on lockdown. So. And their governor is one of the strictest. Right. I mean, he's not letting anything open until, exactly. until maybe June now. So how would the Sixers practice if they do decide to try to find a way to finish the season, play a few games, and then start the playoffs? Wouldn't they be at a tremendous disadvantage? Yeah, I mean, unless they just uh, would find some other facility 
in, let's say, Pennsylvania as they were relaxing right. the, the you know, so the rules. They find something find another. that designated I mean, just as their practice facility. Yeah, like they used to practice at PCOM, which is they used I know, to. Yeah. yeah, so I'm. I don't know if they've demoed that, but like that would put it in Philadelphia. Like I well, think I think right the gym the is still in there. Yeah, and they so, can go to St. Joe's. Right, you know, right. They can go to a lot of the Temple local has college. A has exactly. a facility. So no more than four players would be permitted in the facility at the same time. No mm-hmm. head coaches, no assistant coaches could be there. Right. Group activity remains prohibited, including practices or scrimmages. Players remain prohibited from using non-team facilities such as public health clubs, fitness centers, or gyms. Yeah. So now these players who all don't, everybody thinks they're all rich and they have gigantic basketball courts in their homes, and they don't. So I think this is going to be a problem for the league because of all the different rules that apply in different states, right? Well, yeah, and that, and that's why you see like the NHL is tossing around all these ideas, where they narrow it down to like three or four facilities where all the teams will eventually play. Because yeah, you exactly. Can fi- you can find three or four different locations to do this, but if you're going to let every team go to their own facility, not every state's going to be open by June. Ex- exactly, and New Jersey right there. Yeah, and the Sixers practice facility, as you mentioned, it's one in of the Camden. I mean, look at the new. Well, look. at the Nets, they're in Brooklyn. Yeah, but they they're in Brooklyn, but they can't they won't be practicing no. in New York or New Jersey. No, right? The Knicks facility is up in Westchester County, New York. Now Boston, I mean Massachusetts is under quarantine too. Yeah, where are the Celtics players? And by the way, most of the players aren't even in the cities where they play. Right, right, right. Some of these guys are in Europe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of European players. They're not even in the country. <laughs> so how are you going to get these people back in the country? Get them, A, not only working out on their own. Now, if they're in another country, they may be able to work out in the right. gym that's open. Yeah. But if they come here and they can't even go to the team's practice facility. I mean, couldn't And the, they can't go to a regular gym. Couldn't an owner, you know, set up a private charter jet to take some of their players from whatever country over the back here to the United States? So the logistics here sound simple to the average fan, but they're not. No. This is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with hockey players. That's a lot of hockey players are all over the world, too. They're not sitting in their backyards in the cities where they're going to play the games. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they may not even play the games in the cities where they play. So when you look at how many layers of stuff still have to happen for this to occur, it's a lot more complicated. It's a major logistical undertaking. It's a nightmare yeah. is what it is. And more importantly, as someone once said, It's an outrage. Thank you, Mr. President. Here's a good question. Better billionaire, Jerry Jones or Mark Cuban? I got to see Mark's boat, though. Yeah. I don't know if his, I don't know if he can, I don't know if his yacht's as big as Jerry's. That yacht is impressive. Mark's got a good yacht, too. I'm sure he I does. don't know if it's Jared quality. I wonder how many suites are on board that yacht. Not enough for me. <laughs> or, more importantly, not enough for Dennis Rodman. <laughs> 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 or Will Chamberlain, if he was still alive. Coming up. We'll uh, go back. Well, a man who was there during the last dance era, the bad boys and the great Michael Jordan era with Rodman and all those guys. Jay Mariotti will join us next. Stick around. I have a yacht comparison updates. Is my yacht bigger than your uh, yacht? Uh, Mark Cuban's yacht is smaller. Jerry's double the, yeah. as rich. He's so, got $8.6 billion to oh, $4 dude. billion. Yeah. And Mark Cuban's yacht is only two hundred and eight. Only, yeah, see, that's only, only, only two hundred and eighty-eight feet yacht. That ain't yeah. even the length of a football field without the end zones. Uh, Where's my damn chocolate? Both, Where's my protein drink, Robin? Both, Tony uh, Bruno. Right here. There's a 
That's no, Robin's. Is, oh. mine. Where the hell's mine? I don't know, Tony. What did I you do? I need 30 with grams it? of protein, and I need it now. I'll have the Did you bring it into the bathroom with you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Tony. What'd you do with it, Tone? Did you put it down on the floor? Did you? Oh, yeah, it's on the floor. At Mariotti Sports. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Is that Mariotti show? Is that his? What's his Twitter? Did you want to play any of the Scott Hastings stuff, or...? I guess uh, Isaiah Thomas was on Get Up this morning. Yeah, he was. No, I don't think that's him, this Mariotti Sports. Mm -hmm. Doesn't look like him. It's a young guy. No, that's him. That's him? Yeah, he's had a lot of work. Oh. Is Mariotti who, um, um, you met him in Houston yeah, in that's right. I remember him. Another Pittsburgh guy. He's only following one person on Twitter. Is he really? Yeah. Who? He's, fo who He's following KCRW, whatever that is. Twitter, Twitter. Um, his handle is at Mariotti Sports. Oh, it is? He's doing some unmuted so podcast. Yes. He's been doing that for a couple of years. He started it out with, what's his name, the guy in Denver who was always on, on ESPN? Yeah, the blonde-haired guy. What's the heck? What's the heck's his name? <laughs> Guy from the Denver Post. Yeah, I forget his name. It's one R, by the way. Yeah, two T's. One R, two T's, yeah. Yeah, Woody Page. That's right. Twitch stream got it. Yeah, I, I, I would have gotten it eventually, yeah. too.
He's got a hard line number. Did we call him? Yeah, he wanted us to call him on the hard line. Oh. Dean said, I almost sailed Tony's boat to California via the Panama Canal. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. Yes, indeed. Spanning the globe and spanning the copeta because I could use some dessert right now, but it's not keto friendly, Harry, as you know. Well, then it's out. I know it is. It's tough. Tough doing a keto diet in these, these times, these trying times. Well, everybody's talking about uh, the last dance. Certainly, Bafo numbers for ESPN. Brilliantly put together by the crew that does the 30 for 30s. They're always great. And a man who was there, he was everywhere, really. But he was there during the day when the last dance was occurring, when Dennis Rodman was in the practice facility. He probably saw up close and personal what was going on. He is Jay Mariotti, who's been doing a podcast now for about, what, four years now, where I, he can actually say what he wants, sort of like I've been doing for the last couple of years. Jay, how are you, man? I am one of the one million people who have podcasts. <laughs> one million, I read the other day. So yes. uh, <laughs> I hope you can find me, but Tony, it's great to hear your voice. Congrats on the show. I hope you're staying safe. And it's great to talk to a Hall of Famer who continues to do work after he's inducted into the Hall of Fame as you were. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I'm the, as I, one of my quotes when I got, when the show started three weeks ago is I'm the only guy who got a job in sports radio when sports stopped existing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that'll be on my resume, too. We're on my tombstone. Got hired during a pandemic when there was no sports to talk about. Is it not amazing how sports stations continue to try? And certainly between Brady and Gronk in this documentary... And, of course, the NFL draft, there has been grist. But at some point, Tony, I, you know, we're, we're not going to have sports. I, I keep seeing these stories every day, these wishful thinking stories. Uh, yes, baseball is plotting a, a way back. Oh, really? Do you have testing that, that should be devoted to hospitals and doctors and frontliners? You want those tests right now? And how are you going to make this work? And we don't have a vaccine. I, I'm getting off track, but I, I just want – I hope these leagues – through their various media outlets, aren't trying to brainwash people. We're a long way off from sports. Just think about a contact sport such as football and basketball. How would you even do it at this point? Quarantining. Mike Trout doesn't want to play. Clayton Kershaw doesn't want to play. It's, it's, we're so far away from that that it's probably not even worth discussing at this point. Yeah, we were just talking about the NBA's plan now is to, in states where they allow it to have players go in and work out at a team facility, no more than four players, no group action, uh, just go in and work out. And then you got players all over the world and in some other cities, like here in Philly, where their practice facility is in Camden, where they can't even go in because the state in New Jersey is going to be shut down until June. How are they going to pull this together? Players are all over the world, not even in the cities where they're supposed to play. And, oh, by the way, they may not be playing in the cities where they're supposed to play if they do indeed, in fact, 
resume the season and finish out the regular season and then start a postseason. Yeah, and you're asking them to abandon their families. Very difficult at this point in time to do that. I think MLB will want them to take pay cuts. Really? Because there aren't any fans in the stands spending money? There, this is so elaborate and so complicated. It, it, every time I see a news story, baseball will be played in 2020, says Rob Manfred. Really? Dr. Rob Manfred. Add him to the long list like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. And Dr. I mean, really? Dr. Rob Manfred knows we're going to be playing baseball in 2020. It's all about money. It's all about greed. you got to put that aside, guys. Jerry Jones can't. Uh, strong-arm the coronavirus. Mark Cuban can't talk down the coronavirus. Jerry Reinsdorf can't end it prematurely. It, it's, nobody's beating the coronavirus. The coronavirus, as the uh, New York Times put so aptly last week in a headline, the coronavirus doesn't care about when sports resumes. It's sort of like the honey badger, except completely different. How was that? No, I remember the joke, the honey badger doesn't give a crap about anything. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Come on, Jay, it's not that old. I mean, I, it's I not that long ago. The, the football player, the honey badger. No, I'm that's, talking the original honey. I was honey, thinking. No, the original honey badger. Remember the video? It was like the first one of the biggest viral videos. Yeah, yeah, and it's the honey it. badgers out there eating everything. He doesn't give a shit, basically, the honey badger. <laughs> and that's the same thing with this virus. Now, Harry Mays is here. He's a big-time NBA guy. He was watching The Last Dance, and oh. you watched it last night. You know, we, 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 both of us worked at ESPN, so we know how great these 30 for 30s are. You talk about the right show at the right time. First, before, do you believe that Jordan finally let this thing happen once LeBron won his third championship and he said, okay, let's put this out there so we can stop the comparisons? Yes, as somebody who knows Michael Jordan, uh, remember, he went reclusive for years, and he has been owning this nondescript team. People even forget he's an NBA owner, the Charlotte Hornets. How is Michael dealing, you know, a man who couldn't deal with one loss as a player, how is he dealing with perennial losing in Charlotte? I will never understand that. Uh, but anyway, yes, the perfect uh, diversion for the time. Uh, Michael Jordan was sitting on this footage for years. He had first dibs on it. Adam Silver was running NBA Entertainment at the time. They stuffed this footage away. Finally, Michael sees the LeBron comeback from a 1-3 deficit. Everybody is declaring, including the millennials and the Gen Zers, that LeBron's the greatest of all time. And Michael finally said, whoa there, it's probably time to remind the world that I am Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And LeBron has lost his share of finals. I never lost in a finals. 666, sign of the devil. Six finals, six MVPs, six championships. And it's probably time to trot out all of the obstacles that I had to deal with. And that's what we're seeing, guys. We're seeing Michael Jordan having to deal with Kraus, having to deal with Reinsdorf, having to deal with coaching changes, having to deal with Phil Jackson every summer winning a championship, then they scrooge him every summer and, and tell, tell him you're going to get low-balled, you're going to hit your one-year deal. So, so it, unlike so many other great dynasties, the Lakers with Jerry Buss, Jerry Buss would just sit back and enjoy it, give Urban Johnson his money, make everybody happy, uh, even the Pistons. You know, they, from, from their owner on down to Chuck Daly, on down to Isaiah Thomas, they were united. But the miracle of the Bulls 
is that they were dysfunctional throughout this period of time, and yet because of the will of Michael Jordan, uh, they win six titles. That's what I want younger people to realize when they're thinking about LeBron versus Michael. I, don't, I bet younger people have no idea all of this drama went on. No, you're right. You have to be over, what, 35 to really be old enough to remember this whole era with the big, bad boys. Yeah, we had Scott Hastings on last week. He was part of that team that finally won that Piston team before his career ended. And, and people are watching this stuff and saying, that's the way they played basketball in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and, and can you believe that in the last 24 hours, we, we had uh, Michael calling Isaiah an a-hole. You have Isaiah going on ESPN today and, and saying he's never been more hurt in his life. Uh, you've got Lambert coming out today and calling the Bulls whiners. You have Horace Grant calling them, quote, straight-up bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I miss these rivalries. It's yeah. not nothing like today. These guys, 30 years later, they're still mad. Michael Jordan has every reason in the world to feel as if he has conquered life, and he's still mad about Isaiah Thomas. That's what blows me away. Like, I, I knew... That, that this was happening when I was a fan, but I'd never had the uh, the idea of how much of an idiot Jerry Krause was until watching this. I mean, that he took that team and that coach and just refused to keep it together blows my mind, Jay. Well, he was mocked quite a bit, as you saw. Yeah. You know, Gordon and Pippen mocking him. Uh, Krause, a very sensitive man, deserves more credit for building it. Mm-hmm. Uh, never got that credit. And a lot of it... He brought on himself. He was never going to be one of the guys he tried to be when he was dancing last night. That was yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Jerry Krause. But then you saw Scotty say, "Sit down, Jerry." <laughs> See, they, he, there was no respect because he, he behind the scenes, these guys wanted to be paid, and even Michael Jordan was. They, Reinsdorf and Krause made him run through the duration of an eight-year, $24 million deal while Ewing and Bird and Magic were all getting their real uh, deals redone in the boom era of that league. They made Michael wait it out to the end, Scotty, so woefully underpaid, Bill Jackson. That, so these guys were never going to go after Reinsdorf. They were going to go after Krause. But in essence, my chats with Jordan you know, after he left the game – he was every bit as angry with Reinsdorf. And remember, I mean, all of the money being made, the entire west side of Chicago is gentrified today because of Michael Jordan and all of the money coming through there. And yet I'm still to this day thinking that Reinsdorf broke it up early because he wanted to hoard that money, didn't want to have to pay everybody again. And then they kept filling the United Center for years with, with fans who couldn't afford to get or just didn't, work, didn't have the access to get into the arena during the dynasty. There's so much here. It's so complicated. It's so exhilarating and joyful, yet so dark and unnecessary. And that's why it's a fascinating documentary. Yeah, but the bottom line is people thought Jordan, before this thing was released, there was an interview with the, with the director or producer said, Jordan's worried that he's going to come off as the bad guy. I don't think he's coming off as the bad guy at all now either. after four episodes. Now he's in control of the documentary. He, he's the executive producer. That's why he signed off on it, because he, he has control. Of course Michael Jordan would have control. He's always <laughs> had control. He wasn't going to let this thing 
go unless he trusted Jason Ayer, the director, and unless his two people, if you look at the credits afterward, you will see Curtis Polk and S.D. Portnoy, his two longtime business people, as executive producers. So nothing's going to get by him here. Gambling is a major part of the Michael Jordan story. The director has said he has asked Michael the question. We still have six more episodes. I highly doubt we're going to delve into uh, what was a very tricky period there. His father's murder, um, the investigation into gambling by the NBA at the time, Michael's sudden retirement to play baseball. To this day, nobody truly knows what went down. The NBA has continued to deny it was a uh, suspension. I have my doubts. Uh, why would you want to kill the Golden Goose? That would be a convenient way to say, hey, Michael's going to go play baseball. He's grieving right now. Well, let's see if Jason Ayer asks a succession of questions, not just one, but follow-ups, and then asks other people, including maybe Adam Silver, about what went down during that so-called investigation. Well, we all know, covering the NBA back in those days, and you were in Chicago at the Sun-Times for 17 years, so you saw it all, that when, when Michael and the Bulls would come to New York to play the Knicks, as soon as the game was over, he's in a limo heading to Atlantic City, you know, to sit in the Bachrock room all night long. But people Not like just people, that, but there, he was on the golf course losing money to scumbags. Remember the book, Richard Esquinas, Michael and Me? Yeah. I mean, Richard Esquinas was taking his money. We're talking you know, millions of dollars in the golf course. What stops somebody like that from saying, okay, Mike, we're on the 18th green, you're down you know, 200 grand. Uh, why don't you just uh, uh, maneuver the over-under tomorrow night? Now, of course, I'm not accusing anybody of anything here, but we're just coming off the Pete Rose scandal at the time, and, and now we find that Michael, as you noted, had this propensity to gamble. Uh, I would call it a gambling problem. And you've got people saying he's losing millions on golf courses. Well, of course, David Stern should be alarmed by that because it would be the easiest thing in the world is to throw an NBA over under. You don't even have to lose the game. And you, you follow this league, Tony. You know what went down maybe back then. I don't have to bring up Tim Donahue to anybody. So, yes, this has been, a, as it should be so far, an exhilarating, feel-good, uh, celebratory uh, documentary about arguably the greatest sports dynasty in the history of planet Earth. But I need to see more. It has to be revelatory as well, and I, I don't know if we're going to get there or not. Hey, Jay, where does uh, Dennis Rodman's midseason Vegas vacation show up on the all-time list of boss moves by athletes? <laughs> because to me, if there was a Mount Rushmore, it's on it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, as it was, you're covering Jordan through this. And, and all of these dramas, and then here comes Rodman. And Phil knew how to relate. Michael knew when to threaten to ruin his life and then knew when to say, okay, run off for a couple days. But, yeah, that's what everybody's talking about. Again, that could never, ever happen today. I mean, you guys remember Allen Iverson would disappear for a day and all hell would break loose, and that, that was 2001. Uh, you let Dennis Rodman leave. I, such was the power of the Bulls at the time, the leverage of having five championships in your pocket, that they could get away with that. That was the original load management. <laughs> Let's let Dennis 
You know, you, you can fill in the blank there with load management, but <laughs> let Dennis run off with Carmen Electra and, and then, yeah, Michael Jordan pulling on. <laughs> I still can't. That did not happen in Vegas. That happened in Chicago at Dennis's very quaint place downtown where Jordan uh, knocked on the door and got him out of there and saved the uh, dynasty. Now, these, uh, these rival the, the Dallas Cowboys White House stories from back in the day when they were a great dynasty team winning Super Bowls, and nobody really knew about it until it was all over. And then the story of the revelations of the White House and who was really in charge of that, and, you know, and which guys were getting the, the stuff to put underneath the floorboards when they wanted to go in there during the week after practice and get loose a little bit, you know? Well, but Dennis is the only one partying here, he and his buddy Jack Haley. Mm. They, they put Jack Haley on the team, 12th man, just to – bodyguard dentists at the clubs. So Jack Haley would go to these places called Crowbar, uh, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. bars in Chicago with, with Dennis Rodman just to try to keep him out of trouble. But think about it. The Bulls, just before Rodman arrived, everybody forgets Michael came back after baseball and had a postseason, and they lost the Orlando Magic. Horace Grant was playing for the Magic. Everybody forgets that. After that loss, people thought the Bulls were sort of in limbo. They needed a tough presence up front. They needed a rebounder. So they took the gamble on Rodman. But it took Phil Jackson's personality and his ability to try to link in to the mind of Dennis Rodman, and it took Jordan and Pippen to buy in for that to work. But I think they all realized we need this guy's defense, we need his rebounding, we need his grip, we need his hustle, and we'll put up with all the crap on the side, and, and that's why it worked out. Yeah, it's an era we'll never see again, certainly, and everybody talks about, you know, LeBron, and he's a beast, and he goes in there, and he beats people up. Nobody beat up people. Michael Jordan got beat up by most people in the league, and you saw it in the I mean, with the guys, the guys on the Pistons team, the bad boys, but the best part or the worst part of last night was watching the Pistons walk off the floor without shaking hands after they were eliminated. That way, of all the Bush League things I've seen, and I remember seeing it when it happened, and the fact that Isaiah Thomas is still pissed off that Michael Jordan's pissed off that the guy's a bad sport is beyond human comprehension to me. They're, they're all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They're all, 30 years later, they're all angry. I mean, bring them back, put them in a room, put that on... TV, I guess that would be social distancing. You could, but I would love to hear like a debate with these guys to yeah. this day. Yeah. Isaiah versus Michael, go. That could be the next documentary. Yeah, instead of doing these stupid horse things outside in the wind, yeah. and you know, having people watch it, actually have those guys suit up and play an old-timers game against each other. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> you better have many trainers out there for that. I, I, I can't imagine. You know, Horace Grant, we, we haven't heard from a Horace in years. He, he's, he's saying they're a bunch of bitches on the bike. <laughs> he's so mad about this. I, I can't believe Michael Jordan is so mad about it. But yes, that, to me, that was, that was pretty pathetic. But think about it. That's the way the bad boys should go down, not shaking hands. That's who they were. Right. <laughs> that, that's the perfect exit for a, for a team like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing was, at least the Detroit Pistons were unified. The Chicago Bulls never were. They were in that locker room, but you had two guys upstairs trying to sabotage the thing. And to this day, it just boggles the mind that that was happening, especially if you look at what has happened to the Bulls 
since Michael Jordan. An awful franchise. Yep. I mean, if you Jerry Reinsdorf inherited Michael Jordan. He he didn't draft him. He inherited him. And they win the six titles. I would argue any owner could have. If you count Reinsdorf's years as an owner, the White Sox and the Bulls, I believe, something like 75, 78 uh, collective years of sports ownership. If you throw out the Jordan years, one championship, one. So he's one for 64 or something like that. Wow. And if that wouldn't fly in New York, it wouldn't fly in Philadelphia, it wouldn't fly in Boston, it would for some reason, because the Cubs took forever to win and Chicago suffered through the years in sports, it was okay for Reinsdorf to shut that thing down because, oh, six is great, that's enough. Mm. You don't have the sports sophistication among fans in Chicago that you guys have on the East Coast. They're more forgiving there, and it's the Midwest, and it's a, it's a different deal. But to me, I'll, I'll never... I'll go to my grave wondering, why in the hell wouldn't you just pay them for two more years and win two more championships? Well, you know, somewhere Sam Hinkie is sitting back saying, I can't wait for my 30 for 30 <laughs> on how many times I sat back and was called a genius in the city and had statues erected to me and had banners in stadiums because I was able to go out there and throw a bunch of scrubs out and hoodwink people for four seasons thinking we were going to eventually win a championship. And who knows how close they are, but... Based on what you've seen the last couple of years, I don't know if they're any closer than they were. Well, they were closer. Well, no, they were in the finals. Remember, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Doug Collins before that thing blew up, and then they blew this thing up. So I don't know if there'll be a 30 for 30, maybe at least 30 minutes on Sam Hinkie's legacy <laughs> in Philly one well, night. Well, what's going to They're going to trade Ben Simmons, and Bede's going to play 40 games a year, and, and then what, a new process? It's, that, the process did not work. I'm, I'm sorry. I think you and I talked a few years ago about this. It's just stunning to me. The Philadelphia I knew, maybe it's gotten soft, uh, it would, would actually allow that to happen. I, I can't. You know, in these bigger sports cities with heavily populated regions with, with lots of devoted sports fans, that, not, that sort of junk uh, never should happen. But, but I would equate th that was a tank job. That was the original tank job allowing Michael to retire getting rid of Scotty, and, and Dennis runs off. And when you look at it, Phil was the one of, of the whole bunch. Phil was the one who continued to succeed and win championships. Steve Kerr later won as a coach. But look at Michael. Went to Washington, nothing, and, and absolutely nothing as an owner in Charlotte. Pippen is, I think he got fired by the Bulls as a, an ambassador earlier this year. Uh, Pippen is what, you know, moonlighting on ESPN, not really sure what Scotty does these days. The rest of them just sort of, the, 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 the Bulls with, with Reinsdorf, nothing. Krause hired Tim Floyd, you saw how that went. Yeah. So, so really, in the end, Phil is the guy who comes off as the one with, with the most rings and maybe the guy who, in the end, should be remembered as the only guy on planet Earth who could have pulled this off. The only guy who could have pulled this off because he was there for 17 years in Chicago, the great Jay Mariotti. Jay, always great to talk to me. I haven't seen you since Houston a couple years ago when we That's were down there hanging out. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Jay, the great Jay Mariotti. At Check Mariotti out. Sports. At Mariotti Sports. Yeah. Is, uh, his podcast is called Unmuted. Unmuted, yeah. Not Undisputed. Not Undisputed. That's another show. Not Uncut Gems. Yeah. Not Uninterrupted. 
unmuted. But I'm looking at this quote. This is from uh, Jerry Krause in 1998 during the season. They they had it on the documentary as they're getting ready to play Utah on the road. And the quote is, if Michael chooses to leave because there's another coach here, then that's his choice. He's saying that about the greatest player in the game where they've won five championships in seven years and on their way to a sixth. And you're talking about it like, well, if he comes back, he hey, comes hey, back, whatever. What, what it is, but what, what it is, is it's as, unbelievable. As Charlie Manuel said, yeah. what it is is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> We're coming right back. 215-462-TONY. 215-462-8669. Your last chance to talk or forever hold your own peace. Yeah, a statement like that is such a cop-out. It is a total cop-out. That's, that that's one of those statements that means that somebody doesn't want to actually deal with whatever's going on. They don't want to actually talk about it. This is a huge story yeah, on what, what uh, is New this? York. Andrew Marshawn, huge story in the New York Post. What's going on? Mike Greenberg, Dan Levitard in middle of ESPN's potentially massive shakeup. Andrew Marshawn. ESPN Radio is in the process of what could be a complete transformation that may impact every part of its schedule and eventually lead to Dan Levitard no longer being on the network and the potential of re- potential return of Mike Greenberg to radio. Whoa. While these plans may be played out over the next year plus, the departure of afternoon host Will Kane from ESPN Radio appears imminent. I was talking to him in New York. Is he going to Fox? Yeah, that's what the rumor is. He will soon. Oh, yeah. He's expected to soon sign a contract with Fox News and Fox Nation, not on sports as a political guy, okay. because he worked for uh, he was a, he was a political guy before he went and did sports. You right, know, Will right, Kane. Right. Nice guy. I got the remember I was goofing off with him in New York. Robert yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN is also strongly considering changing up its morning show, Golik and Wingo, as Trey Wingo's contract is up this year. I think he wants out of that show. Yeah, I think you're right, too. The big league was previously mentioned. Wingo hoped to be taken off the show. Well, you know what they'll do? They'll keep Mike and his son, Junior, on. Right, mm-hmm. we'll look at Mike and Junior. Mike and Mike again. Mike and Mike again. Wingo was uh, the lead host in the draft coverage, blah, blah, blah. His Twitter bio says he's not ready, not really a morning person. <laughs> Which means getting up yeah. early to do that show. And it does suck. It's yeah. the hardest thing to do. I mean, there's so many people who tried that morning slot mm. that just, they're like, oh, holy shit, you this sucks. You know how much Greenberg makes right now? Six, six, and, a half million. Million, six yeah. and a half million a year. Yeah. He could be a, a offered a midday slot with one to three a possibility on radio. He's a member of Bayonne, Country, Bayonne yeah. Golf Club. The problem is they don't need guys like Greenberg, as talented as he is, they don't want to pay guys six and a half million dollars mm. to do a show. You think people are tuning in that morning show they to see Mike up. Greenberg? No. If they didn't put better guests around him and, and get Michelle Beadle out of there and right. blow that thing up initially. Yeah. It was him, Jalen Rose, and Michelle Beadle. Yeah. 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 That didn't last long. Mm-mm. Uh, let's see. Um, as for Labertard, he still has more than a year left on his contract. There's a feeling among many the program does not mesh with the taste of Norby Williamson who was there when I was there. He's the executive VP. Lebitard does more of a variety show than strictly sports. So that's your old school ESPN guy who doesn't like uh, yeah, entertainment. He nope. He doesn't want that. Why aren't you talking 24-7 sports? Yep. X's and O's, X's and O's. Well, Lebitard makes fun of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like like it's satire it's sports satire right that's why actually tony wanted um they last you know her the really high on that mina kimes chick oh yeah she's, a, she's, she's okay a, she's good but she's a star for the Well, Levitard actually likes her too. He puts her on. No, his, no, his she's show good. A lot. She's good, but again, she's a, she's a she'll be a lower cost alternative mm -hmm. to paying these guys six and a half million dollars. And I guess ESPN didn't like when Levitard was talking yeah, about I mean, politics and yeah. stuff. Well, they they didn't like when everybody because it was hurting their hurting the brand. Wow. So they're talking about uh, Peter Rosenberg, who works with Michael Kay, mm -hmm. and Keyshawn Johnson. That would be a lot of changes. And they're talking about more TV, too. Well, they're going to try to get these guys to do three or four shows. They're mm -hmm. not going to. They're doing the same thing with Stephen A. They got him doing so many different things mm -hmm. because they want to make sure he gets banged for their buck. Yeah, and he, he delivers for them, at least. The All right. Welcome back to the Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. All right. Friday, Harry. Friday. Now, can you wait till Friday to get on the golf course, Harry, or will you just try to be like... No, I'll go over Wednesday okay. morning. Yeah, that's what yeah. I say. Yeah. You should have at least a practice round on Wednesday. I'll go over Wednesday morning. Depending on weather permitting. I was going to do that anyway, actually. You're going to basically break the quarantine and yes. go golf. But now you can't wait till Friday now. Correct. And there won't be any masks. No mask, no, of course. No mask. Now, what, are they going to put the things in the in the holes? Have you seen the one? I don't know you, if they're going to have flag up sticks. With it. I no, know. You know that now instead of the one with the where it doesn't go into the hole. Yeah, you take your putter and you, you take lift your putter it up. and yeah. you lift up and, and it, it slides the up ball. the flagpole yeah. and then you just pick the ball off the thing. We don't have that. Now you're going to wear a glove except on the green, right? Now do you are you have to keep the gloves on the green because everybody takes their glove off when they're putting. Yeah, most people do. Will yeah. you have to go two gloves now? Mm, only in the winter do I go two gloves. And then I just never take them off. I double bag it all the time, Harry. Yeah. It doesn't matter when you are. You know what I'm saying? Can't be. You got to be safe out there. Yeah, Matt and Livermore. Harry's going to do the soft open. The soft open. Soft open. <laughs> what does that mean? Are you going to let that soft baby launch? eat? Yeah. Are you going to let that baby eat off the first tee? Yeah. No, no, no. You're going to ease into it? You have to let it off the first tee. It's a 450-yard hole. Par Is four. Dog leg? Yeah, dog leg right. I may have to come out of my golf retirement mm -hmm. this uh, spring, Harry. You so. should. Bring the persimmon. I don't even know. There. They're they're probably decomposing in the storage shed in the storage unit. <laughs> Where's your storage unit? It's down uh, down in Delaware. Delaware Hundred dollars a month. I'm spending eight thousand dollars to keep my golf clubs in there for now, four years. Now speaking yes. of golf, yes, we are going to have a very exciting golf announcement tomorrow. Tomorrow, but it's a giveaway, right? Yes, yeah. very give it away. Exciting give giveaway. it away. Give it away now. All right. So um, those of y'all who are loving sport, uh, golf? golf. There's not enough golf talk on the show, though, Harry. Well. Tune in for <laughs> a very exciting giveaway tomorrow. No, this is going to be huge. Yes. Yeah. It's this isn't cool. going to be some chintzy giveaway. No, this is a quality item, Clark. This is like This, this goes in, in, in line with the Joe Krause giveaways that we've come to know and love over right. the years. And by the way, we have a Krause, too, but he's not destroying our show yet. 
Like Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause. Joe Krause. <laughs> no relation. I don't know. Joe, are you related to Jerry Krause, the Chicago Bulls no. GM? No relation. We don't want a Krause coming in here and messing this show up. I tell you, I thought Jay was really good today, but he de- he really depressed me. I know. With the start of his appearance. I know. He's going into that hole we can't open up the country right. nonsense. That there's never going to be sports this year. But you must be present to win tomorrow, though, in this contest, though. Now, yeah. are people actually going to win this quality item tomorrow? Or, or are we, we just, just going to announce it? I think it. we're announcing it. We're going to unsheath it. And right. then we're yeah. going to make up the rules as we go along. <laughs> okay. Well, that's <laughs> what we do most, every day. Yeah, most contests, you know, they have the printed fine print. Well, lawyers get involved in oh, those yeah, yeah, contests. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't those, have time for that. Well, we got no they legal pay no team. damn lawyer to write up some stupid form letter. <laughs> Flyer Guy Blake says, I need a golf bag. Well, uh, you might want to tune in tomorrow. No, you Shh. must tune in tomorrow. What do you mean you might want to? He he needs a golf bag. This show's bag, been open just, since I'm, it started three weeks I'm ago. I'm hinting, I'm hinting that if he needs a golf bag, it might behoove him to tune in tomorrow. Damn right. Jeez, Robin, you got to make sure this is important to people. You can't just say, "Hey, if you maybe you want to tune in tomorrow." Yeah. No, you better tune in tomorrow, or we will send the state police. We will send the Merchant Marines. We'll send the Royal Canadian Mountain Police. Are the Merchant Marines still around? I think they are, yeah. yes. I think so. Wow. Now, Harry. Um, yeah. Not the Quantico Marines, though. For, I, I have something else on Friday. I got you a gift, but it's a gift that stays here. Okay. Not the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Because, um, as you know, you could, as everybody knows, oh. Harry complains when he gets too much cranberry in his vodka. Oh, you're yes. talking about a, a dipper, a dripper? I got Tripper. a scientific. Look at that. Wow. It is. This it's is, glass, too. It's real is, glass, yeah, isn't it? It's real glass. Yeah. It is a scientific. Here, let me hold it so up to the that, camera. You for dip those that on the thing Twitch into the, the cranberry, and yes. then you just draw it in. Yeah, and so you and can then... tell me exactly how many milliliters. Or we can do a coronavirus test. By yeah, you put <laughs> stick this, that up your nose. And you get it all the way up into your sinus sinus cavities, and then you start squeezing, and you start sucking out all the coronavirus that's in there. Let's not do that. Wow. Now, look at the length of that. What's the length? Oh, it's got it's got radiations on it, too. I know. I'm telling you. It that's is an a, official item. It is an official one milliliter, scientific uh, One milliliter, and it says EX20C, hmm. but it's all the way up to one. Now, how much cranberry would you put in? 0.2, or would you go all the way up to one milliliter? No, that looks no. like too much yeah, that's cranberry. That's way too much. That's way too yeah, much. Yeah, I knew that. Much. Yeah. I But uh, but we're going to experiment All right. We'll on do Friday. that on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful, man. But tomorrow, you're going to love this giveaway, Harry. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know You've what it is. The prize, right? Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous prize. Did and you... you must be present on the show to win. You don't have to physically be in here. Because no. Because we'll be breaking the rules. We can't allow now, you Now, I here. could have this place repurposed as a private campground and then announce its opening on Friday. How about that? <laughs> oh. Because that's one <laughs> of the things go. that's allowed to yeah, be open, right? That's right. We can make it the KOA Bruno Studios. Sponsored by KOA. Campgrounds of Camp America. Campgrounds of America. We'll get, we got hookups outside. You could, if you need to empty electric uh, sewer, if you need water. to empty the shitter outside, go right in the in the in the corner. People just do it anyway. I know they do. We got you know if you drive your RV up here, you got one of those pop up campers. Just park it in front of the house. There've actually been some spots this week. Even Joe Krause was thinking about parking in front of the house. Oh today. yeah, yeah. Pop up camper. I mean, we got storm drains here. All Nobody right. pays attention. Now, yes. I know uh, Friday night you were watching the draft. Yes, I was, Harry. And uh, DeAndre Swift from Philadelphia, St. Joe Prep and, and University of Georgia uh, Bulldog, was was drafted. 
and they showed his father. Did you see this? Yes. His dad runs a gym, like a, a fitness place yep. called Swift Fit. That is a he beast. Is I yoked, saw him, yeah. man, and he was lifting. I know the great beard too. Oh my God, that guy! He dude, is, I mean, jacked. he looked like he could play for an NFL team he today. Is jacked up, as we used to say. I thought that was cool. Unbelievable, man. Josie, did you pull the plug for something? People are saying that. Uh... No, it's on the Twitch Twitch channel okay. for whatever reason. Is buffering. Well, we buffering right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Man, a lot of good kids. Yoked. A lot of local kids, and then. A lot of players out of position, and we're seeing free agent signings, and guys after the draft were undrafted, mm-hmm. are getting look-sees, and teams are bringing them in. So even though the draft is over, we will have. Now, did you make a tea time yet for Friday, Harry? No, I did not. Now, where do you, where do you rank in the pecking order of muckety-mucks who belong to this private establishment that you go to? I'm way down the list. Now, are they going to allow foursomes out there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the rules are going to be. I need be. the rules, Harry. Pennsylvania made the decree. I probably will, will uh, get out there after on Saturday. I'll go Wednesday and then Saturday. You realize it's going to be a, 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 a circus out I there know. on Saturday? Well, yeah, but they're, they're not Are you going to play through if there's like a group of old guys in front of you? <laughs> And, like, you got to wait for them. Well, and then Tim Brando. And Tim his, Brando and his, his guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim's good. No, I know. But he said the guys he How plays with. How many people will be impatient? They've been waiting so long to get on a golf course, which will be open. That's why we're talking I about it. I would imagine it would be twosomes. It's got to be right? twosomes. And then probably 15, 12 to 15-minute intervals between tee times, like between groups. So they See. won't let the next group go out if the other person's already hit their first shot. They're yeah. going to have to have people out there, Harry. They're no. going to have to have masked people in hazmat suits. No, that'll be the neighbors. Oh. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll, they'll be anxiously awaiting so they can call the police. So if somebody, like, slices a ball into somebody's backyard, right? you won't be able to go in there and get it? Yeah. I, if I hit a tailor-made TP in there, I'm going to get it. You're going to go yeah, get it? I'm getting it. I thought you were using the... Uh... What, Titleist? Pro-V's? Pro-V1s, Harry. Yeah. You're going cheaper on the balls no, now? No, no. I like the tailor-made ball. Are you using any of the... Uh, the now returning uh, fluorescent balls like the <laughs> pink and the orange, they come back, haven't they? Yeah, there they are guys have. on the PGA Tour are using those. Remember Bubba those? Watson used them and uh, Rory Sabatini uses the yellow. Great ball. knowledge, right there, Harry. Yeah. Great knowledge. Yeah. Are they back? But they're different balls, though. I mean, it's or, you know, the same fluorescent green and the mm-hmm. orange and the yellows. We used to call them chick balls, <laughs> so to speak. And, you know, chicks don't no, have that's balls. That's not right. I mean, that's. Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. See what happens at the end of the show. But anyway, we want to thank everybody for coming on today, Harry. Yeah, Peter Burns was great. Peter Burns from ESPN. Do I know how to find guys? Mm -hmm. Actually, they know how to find me. Proud of that kid, even though he's 41. Andy Benoit breaking down the NFL draft. Right. And, of course, Jay Mariotti, who was there back in the last dance days. And... By the way, Kristen Cavallari, Harry, and Jay Cutler, we didn't mention them. Divorced after 10 years. You, you need, a, like, a third-string backup quarterback now, and you're the Eagles. You give Jay Cutler a call to see if he can come off the bench if there's a disaster situation and he could play? Absolutely not. Yeah, you don't like anything. No. You're like Mikey in those life cereal. I didn't realize they were together for 10 years. Me neither. Yeah, seems not that long. Be careful out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. God bless America. It's still the greatest place on earth, even when we're shut down. We'll see you back here tomorrow. So Twitch just decided to crap out right there. What was that other thing you were looking at with that picture?
Oh, that was Alex Smith's leg. Oh, really? After he, after he snapped. Oh. Ew. Picture, I wouldn't oh, want to see that. Oh. It was in my speed. I'm like, what the hell oh. is that? Somebody released the actual picture. Why would they want to do that? This guy, he had so many surgeries. I know. It is, it is, it looks like a, it looks like a zombie film. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Howard Stern, I'm all in on Joe Biden. Boy, he hasn't jumped the shark now, huh? Yeah. So much for edgy guys. Yeah. I stopped listening to him after he broke up with his wife. The first wife? Yeah. Yeah. And All right, folks. We'll just do a little bit of Engelbert. No, no, no. We're just just like the first time. Engelbert Humperdinck. I'm just playing the rest of the album. So thank you all for joining us, and um, hopefully you will get the rest of this show when you see it on replay. Don't know what happened with Twitch. Say bye-bye. Just like the first time